Who's in that fifth hole, you think? To go I'll tell you who it is. So Prescott Curlewood is number five. And that's the reason Parkview may be considered the, the number one team regardless of classification in Arkansas. Uh, big day for Arkansas with that announcement. But it really trained me as a quarterback to know what was going on. If you dropped a fork in the team dinner, I mean, it was like you're wondering if you need to take a lap. like to welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth. This is Coach Jeff Williams along with Coach Bray Cooker. Man, the mouth is out on assignment. Still. Holy cow. Holy cow. Coach Cook, my gosh, everything. What a show do we have today week. and what information do we have today and what Goodness. guests. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, coming right out, uh, Bobby Petrino getting returned Bobby back, P. Yep, back to Arkansas uh, as offensive coordinator. Uh we're going to talk about that. We've got Tyler mm-hmm. Tyler Wilson, former Razorback yep. quarterback, coming on. Uh, we've got a huge, huge show for you. We're getting our high school state playoffs, mm-hmm. our state championship games and playoffs. We've got, uh, obviously, Daryl Fimple coming on. We've got Rick Jones coming on, talking, trying to coach yep. some coaches about how you deal with all that. And then we've got Chris Young, the, the head football coach at Greenwood, coming on, playing for a 6A state championship. But let's get into it real fast. Let's get about the top news before we bring Tyler on. <laughs> Bobby Petrino coming back, your former coach. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. What, 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 then your thoughts, and we'll get Tyler on here and get, get his thoughts. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's an awesome hire. You know, it, the excitement that just the on Twitter, just the, the excitement going around the fan base, and um, the people have something really tangible uh, and uh, to be excited about. And it, it's a cool storyline, you know. Obviously, a lot of success here at Arkansas. It ended how it did. Um, and then for him to have the opportunity to come back and you know the the future's wide open, and for him to have the potential to to you know to 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 redeem himself and come back and climb that mountain, and, and as excited as as the fans are for his return, I think the future is just it's it's very exciting time for for Arkansas football, which it wasn't about three days ago. And it's amazing to me. I mean, mm-hmm. just how the whole fan base can turn around off, yeah. off one hire, and, and you know, coach seems excited about coming back, and, mm-hmm. and you know, he did have a love for Arkansas when he was here, mm-hmm. and getting him back, and, and we'll get Tyler on here here in a minute, and, and you know, get his his thoughts and your thoughts. Y'all both both played for him, mm-hmm. and and what you think it brings to the Razorback program. But we do, we got a great show, and look really looking forward to it, and excited about it. But let's go ahead and bring on our BSN guest, Tyler Wilson. Tyler, how you doing, man? Looks like you're having a good time out there in Frisco, Texas. I, I'm in North. I'm in North Dallas, having a good time. We're opening up a school up here, but man, I'm I'm great. And obviously, big news last night with with Coach Petrino back in town. Bray, I know know you're familiar, and and certainly I am. And uh, you know, lots of discussion around offense, and you know, what direction we go moving forward as a Razorback fan. You. You wonder, you know, about that, and you almost feel like Coach Petrino's not even in the conversation, and so it's just kind of a, that's you know, that's what the old men talk around uh, cigar over, but uh, never would never would come true until it becomes true, you know. So, uh, big day, I guess, for Arkansas with that announcement. Well, there's no doubt, and I'll ask you both this: is you know, Coach Petrino coming back? You know, obviously he was at A and M, was at Missouri State, and the you know. His records as a play caller is, I mean, one of the tops in, in the country. 
what everything we've gone through, and then, you know, especially with the offensive line last year really struggling, you know, you got to have players. But, and mm-hmm. Coach came into a situation with you guys, you know, coming in after Coach Nutt, and there, there was a good core group there. What is it? What do you, this team coming back, obviously don't know Portal, who's coming, staying, what's coming in and out. But what does Coach need to do as far as getting this offense back on track? Go ahead, Tyler. You go first and Bray finish up. Yeah, you know, I think you look at this year. I mean, if you're trying to be an optimist for Arkansas, you say, well, shoot, uh, you're in almost every game. I think there were seven or eight games in the ca- in the calendar of the year where you lose uh, by by less than one score. And, uh, you know, you, you go on the road, you have some some positives against uh, against Florida, which is, you know, every, anytime you go in the swamp, even against a bad Gators team and win, you know, you, you can't do that with a bunch of high school guys on the field, right? I mean, you've got to have some dudes to go in. So, you know, I think fundamentally, to me, it feels more of a, a year of management. Uh, you know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, uh, and, you know, really close games where you miss a call here. Uh, I think you're playing at a place at Arkansas where you can't, you know, it is players, but you got to be a dang good coach to coach at Arkansas and go back and critique your coaching uh, as well and say, you know, I, I can't have four calls in a game that I want to have back. You got to, you got, you might get two of those that you can say, yeah, we should have called this different. But you got to be as perfect as you're asking the players to be as a coaching staff. And I, you know, I think offensively, you probably have a lot of, a lot more than three or four calls that per game that you'd probably say, ah, I'd like to have that one back. And I really think, I really think this as a, as a quarterback under Petrino, there weren't many plays in a game where he, you know, there were certain games I'd probably go here or there, but he does as good a job as anybody in college football at managing, you know, the, the game, predicting blitzes, calling screens at right times, calling draws at right times, kicking field goals at the right times, going for it at the right times. And that's a magic of, of a play caller that people have. So, you know, I look at that and, and separate from the players, I just think, you know, just that announcement, I think gives a lot of people energy. And then obviously you gotta, gotta make, you gotta make, uh, you gotta have a quarterback to run it. You gotta have an offensive line, all those things. But uh, I think there was a note sent by KJ today and, and maybe some misinformation. So interesting to see one who, who Petrino goes after as a quarterback. Uh, several in-state guys that could be legit. Uh, and then, you know, what happens overall with this roster in the offseason? Yep. Yeah, you know, he's exactly right. And uh, one of the things, you know, thinking back on my freshman year as a young offensive lineman, uh, the, one of the things you respected about Coach Petrino is exactly, well, you know, what Tyler said was you always knew what the game plan was and you knew that if you executed, you know, it was going to be effective and you were going to win ball games. And, and, and he's right about the quarterback as well is um, there were so many, you know, checks and things that go into things, uh, you know, you did have different, different options that you knew that, that Tyler was going to call and he's going to call him correctly because he's a, a hell of a quarterback. That's always partly right, Bray. Let's, let's be real. You said that, that, that dumb son of a gun, he better get, get out of the hand as fast as he can because we don't have the blocking scheme right. But, uh, well, I didn't know where to throw it. I, I, will, I, didn't throw it. I didn't know where they were coming from. I knew where to throw it. Well, well it, that, exactly. I mean, you knew what was going on. And even as a lineman, I, you know, you I knew, you know, 
North Bruce was coming. I, I knew the check they were about to call uh, and, and Tyler walk up, execute it. You knew it was going to be effective because you trusted and you'd seen it work before. There's no doubt. I want to ask you a little key word about Coach here. And you guys know him. You know, I've watched you guys practice a lot over there when y'all were there. You know, organization-wise and preparation and practice, the practices were just as good as I've ever been around when he was here, especially on the offensive side of the ball where he spent most of the time. Give me a little nugget on is it the the preparation, the intensity, the execution, what what – What's the word there that you think one word describes? I mean, it's not one word to describe coach, but what you think he, one word or two that's going to bring him in here and what you're looking for? Yeah, Bray, you might echo this. I, you know, I think, one, just discipline, period. I mean, it, you know, brought an edge to the whole locker room. I mean, if you dropped a fork uh, before, you know, in the team dinner, I mean, it was like, you know, you're wondering uh, if you need to take a lap. Um so, you know, I think discipline one and then two, just just total, uh, you know, just I think that discipline breeds a lot of other words that come behind it. Just consistency and and, you know, from an offensive perspective, uh, I know I, I joke with my buddy Jake Beckett all the time. You know, he's like, well, you know, defensively, I don't think we ever landed a blitz in four years of practice and. Uh, that was because, you know, when we're going into practice, the whole the whole practice was scripted for the offense to, to run East Georgia when they were bringing a field blitz, right? So, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, for the defense, it wasn't as fun in practice, but it really trained me as a quarterback to know what was going on. I got to the NFL, you know, they, they, they were bringing all out blitzes on my, on my first rep of the day. And, you know, we have no checks and it's like, yeah, drift to throw the corner out. But, you know, under Petrino, he, he breeds, I think, uh, a mentality offensively that it, the training uh, allows you to really be successful uh, when, when you finally get to game day. He's, he's absolutely right. You know, it, it, it comes from the discipline that that is in every aspect of the program. And and to think back on those pregame meals, you, you were running laps if you dropped that fork. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those situations where you you know when you're supposed to be serious and you, you almost kind of laugh a little bit. These were so serious that there was no laugh. You didn't even think about laughing. I mean, you're you're so focused and locked in. Um, but that's what he's going to bring uh, to the offense, which is. Um, going to be fun to see as a fan one to see somebody else go through it uh but but two uh to, to see what comes out of that and, and what comes out of that is understanding of what we're trying to accomplish offensively no no doubt tyler let's hit this with you that quarterback room and he can coach quarterbacks i mean he the history's there the, all the court, great quarterbacks he's had the ones you know he makes better what's he going to bring to that quarterback room that we probably hadn't had here in the last few years, not against the other guys. Yeah. You know, I think I was talking about this today. I think he's evolved as a coach. I mean, just not me talking to him on a day-to-day -day basis. I spoke to him probably a year ago and he was, he was writing a book and uh, I said a few words that I don't know if they ended up landing in the book or not, but uh, everything was complimentary uh, just on how he teaches. But I would say the quarterback room, you know, I was, he was around, but he he was uh, he was the head coach, and we obviously had, had uh, Garrick McGee as our quarterback coach. But you know, I think before the games, pregame, he went through a full uh, you know he went through a pretty intensive 
you know, situation A, B, C, and D, what do you do? Uh, and, you know, I remember, you know, this like yesterday, we're playing LSU at LSU. They're, we're number three, they're number one. And uh, we have an ISO called. Uh, Bray, you probably remember this. They had an ISO called and they stemmed a, uh, they stemmed to uh, Diamond Bear with like a half a second left on the on the play clock, and I I leave the play up and run it into a wall, and we get stopped on you know third or third and you know real short, and we have to punt early in the game. And I got why didn't you check G? You know, uh, but that I mean you know it's 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 hard to be quarterback, and you have to understand you have to have a you have to have a high level of of self confidence or or some ability to to shake off the the tough love and understand that it was meant uh, in a certain way. Some people crum crumble. They just don't have the DNA to be able to take that. I think any quarterback that's played for Petrino does not have a – they might come in with a soft shell, but they don't leave with a soft shell. Uh, and I think that breeds people that make plays in key situations. And uh, under – under his, you know, perspective, uh, they all raise their level of play. Everybody, no doubt. Well, Bray, let's hit this. Let's go with the old line room right there. And one thing I've always talking to coach, you know, about X's nose here. When I was coaching, he was here. Was everything's got to be protected? You know, mm -hmm. you know, before we can do anything, which we all know, if you don't protect, well, we just watched it. If you don't protect, you can't do anything. Sure. And what's What's that? What's he going to bring to the room as far as old line? And plus, you got Sam Pittman there and Coach Kennedy there, mm -hmm. who are experts in their field. And putting those two minds together, what's what do you think about the offensive line room? Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited for the, for them and, and the opportunities in front of them. And I'm I'm gonna tell a quick story. Uh, you'll probably know better better than uh, better than I will. Uh, a and M. Uh, it was my freshman year, your senior year. Uh, we're down at half. And uh, Coach K and, and Coach Petrino uh, install a protection, I believe it was sort protection, uh, at halftime. And we come out there, and you know, A and M had been giving, giving us some trouble. And we we install this protection uh, in the locker room, come out, walk through it a little bit, and we go out there, and obviously Tyler goes nuts, and and we win that ball game, uh, and win the the trophy game uh, in Dallas. And and I, I tell that story all the time because that protection really was one of the the big turning points uh, in that game. And really, just kind of cemented as a young uh, offensive lineman, like, oh, this is this is a different level of football, and 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 that's what he's going to bring to the old line room. And obviously, with Coach Pittman's ability to create those relationships, um, the, the teaching that, that Bobby's going to bring, I think, is it's a it's a dangerous duo, and, and I'm excited for it. No doubt. Let me hit this, and we hit this this summer. You know, he went to A and M with Jimbo, and every, you know, everybody was worried about how that was going to work out. And if the and you look at the national media, I listened to Pat McAfee today, and they had it, you know, talking about coach and this. How does, which I don't think it's going to be a problem. He kind of stayed low with him and Coach Pittman, you know, both being head coaches. Mm -hmm. And Coach Pittman's not a big ego guy or anything like that. He it's obviously just wants to win. How do you see that relationship? Yeah, you know, I, I just watched uh, a little bit of the A and M game. Uh, you know, after they after they let Jimbo go and really surprised they didn't name Bob, uh, coach Petrino, the interim coach. Um, uh, and you know, the, the camera on the sideline was going to the other guy they named the interim, uh, who has a defensive line background, I think, but you could still tell on that sideline as I'm watching the camera, I'm going, Petrino's running this whole thing here. I mean, they, and they take LSU down to the wire 
you know, in kind of a total dysfunctional, you know, situation. He was calling. I thought he called one of the better offensive games I've I've watched this year. And Robert Griffin, who was doing the play by play, was like, you know, he's throwing the kitchen sink at these guys. They don't know what's coming. And so, you know, I thought, you know, it was a unique situation this year when he takes the job. One, he gets back into into the the SEC, which you know that's the first step. Um, and I think I think coaches always wanted to be in a meaningful environment where football. You know, it's big. I think he fits so well at Arkansas. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's built that reputation. I think anytime you have big memories, meaningful memories anywhere, uh, you have admiration for that. And I just think, you know, he'll wear that black leather jacket and cowboy boots well here. And he'll, uh, and, and you know, not that it didn't work at A&M. I think he fit in well there. Just, you know, obviously the dynamics with letting uh, Fisher go uh, just, you know, everybody's there's a reset button going to happen, but I think he was responsible for a lot of the success that happened this year at A and M. Uh, you know, and it to me it wasn't a failure of a year at A and M. I know they have different standards, but considering where they were at last year, it was definitely an improvement offensively at A and M. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, what's your take? I mean, I everybody wants to win, and at the end of the day, when everybody wants yep. to win, you keep egos mm-hmm. out. I mean, what's your thought process? I mean through that whole situation. We watched, I mean, you watched it when he was at A&M was, you know, it was a bunch of stuff coming out in the summer and he has a, a press conference and pretty much seals it. And, you know, besides calling plays, you didn't hear from him much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, this is going to be a heck of an ESPN 30 for 30 one day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the return of Bobby Petrino is uh, is an exciting um Hopefully, return to glory, and and I think that uh, hopefully, you know, he's bought into that, and this is an opportunity for him to come here and and, and win ball games, and like you said, in a very meaningful role, um, especially you know considering uh, his past here in Arkansas. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Tyler, man, we appreciate you coming on. Any last thoughts? I mean, I talked to you earlier today. I mean, kind of some that you know put a closure on this, summed up your yep. thoughts, your feelings when you first heard it. Well, guys, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I have been – I'm always a Razorback. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be with me forever. Uh, some of my greatest memories in life are, are putting on that red uniform, man. But, you know, with with as much – since since the motorcycle wreck, I'll just be very honest, there's been so much change and turmoil and just inconsistencies and lack of continuity that I have I've felt as even a past player – I didn't know who to call him there, you know. Um, and I think just just this kind of this this ghost that kind of looms over over all of our heads, hopefully, is mended by you know the the return, and we can all get past all that now. And uh, you know, also I hope uh, with players like Bray and a whole generation of guys, uh, you know, that really had those success stories are included back and feel like the camaraderie of being a Razorback uh, and being a part of that fraternity still exists and is still strong. Um, Because I I don't know if, you know, due to the fractures, you know, I think unfortunately sometimes that that hadn't been the case over the last, you know, 10 years. Um, So that's what I hope. I also, uh, I have no question as he's going to, he's going to dial up good offensive football and, what we see on Saturdays is going to look like we practice every day. We know what we're doing, and that's all you can ask for. Wins and losses uh, are always a measuring stick, but 
you know, how the team plays, the competitive nature, that edge, and just, you know, looking like, uh, looking like we play good football, to me, 90% of the battle of being a Razorback. Man, that's awesome. Well, let me ask you this before I get you off here. You're, you're Greenwood Bulldogs, buddy. Greenwood Bulldogs over there getting – well, it's not a home game for them this time. We're going down to Little Rock. <laughs> we we got Coach Young on later on. I mean, what we got to do here, Miss Archer – Archer kid that, you know, they keep comparing him to you and things like that and all the great quarterbacks come through there. Well, how do you feel about the Bulldogs this this, this weekend? Well, I think he's better than me. I'll start by saying <laughs> that. But, uh, uh, a lot better than me. I was just I was just there. Uh, but I, I think uh, – I really do think that uh, this is the best Greenwood football team that, that uh, we've ever seen. Uh you know, there might be some old guys coming out of the club oh, say, you know, we're here. better. But, no, uh, this is the best football team. I watched them in person at Pulaski Academy in, in, in Little Rock. On, I was on the sideline because that, that stadium's real low to the yes, ground. Yes. And there, there's more speed at Greenwood than I've ever seen. Uh, wide receivers are, are really good. Made some unbelievable catches last week. I was home for Thanksgiving and watched them play in the semis. Um, also against PA. Um you know, and Archer just, you know, he does it. He's, I watched, you know, against, uh, uh, you know, other quarterbacks that are highly touted and, and going to other SEC schools as a sophomore. He, you know, to me, he runs circles around them and uh, puts the team on his back and makes plays. But I think it's a offense, defense. Chris Young's done a fantastic job and elevated that program. I, I really think they'll, They'll win by double digits. Oh, double digits. Double digits. You heard it here first. Put them in the book, boys. Get the book out. I'm going to be in some trouble this weekend uh, as I'm a Little Rock guy now. Yeah, I know. Sure. Five minutes from from, uh, Little Rock Christian, so I might catch some flag for that comment. I think they're the better team for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, we're putting Tyler Wilson in the black book here, double digits. <laughs> we will check your work, Call have you crown. back on again, and we will remind you what goes on with this. We'll check your work. You might be right. but well, uh, So we're going to make our well, picks a little I, bit later yeah, on. I don't know. All right, love you guys. Had a lot of fun. Y'all got anything else? We're done. Oh, thanks you, buddy. For on, thanks man. for coming on, Great man. to see you. Sounds good. See you guys. See you guys. Let's do this. Let's go ahead. We're big state championship week. Let's shift our, our focus to high school a little bit here. Uh, we're going to bring on a man, work for the Arkansas Activity Association, going to do play-by-plays, done it the last six years, and Bobby Swafford, and break, break these games down. Bobby, you're going to be doing the play-by-play this weekend. You're going to be rolling. You, how, how many years have you done this now? Uh, this is going to be the – I think the sixth year that we've put it on television, but I've been yeah. doing high school sports since uh, 2003 in Arkansas. So this is an old hat for me. Well, I know you've been, you know, you've been around, everybody knows yeah. who you are, but I'm dealing <laughs> with high school sports. That's no, 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 no doubt about it, but y'all been doing that for six years, man. We mm-hmm. got some big games. Talk to us a little bit and let's get into it. And I know it's early in the week and, and you hadn't got everything broken down, but I know you, you've been eyeballing yeah. these, these teams, uh, all year long because you, you you're going to be calling the state championship game. Let's hit. Let's start with our our two A game at Friday mm-hmm. noon. Hey, the boys at Bigelow, they just get down and dirty over there, and uh, uh, 
in in EPC. Uh, talk to us about break that game down. EPC's been rolling all year. Big yeah. it's been under, you know they're undefeated and really put it on Mark Tree this past Friday. Break this down. I mean, epic matchup. Really, yeah. two teams are not familiar being on the big stage. Yeah, you know, Bigelow's been on, knocking on the door the last couple of years. They've had several undefeated se- regular seasons uh, in the last handful of years, and so it's nice to see them kind of break through that barrier, if you will, Coach. Uh, you know, Maybe the, the success of the basketball program helped them get over that hump mentally. They got to the finals last year, uh, and, and now the football team's there. You mentioned they're undefeated. I mean, they just do what they do. They're really not tested much, and they haven't been tested much in the regular season. They kind of roll through their conference. Hector's always been their their kind of their, their biggest uh, hurdle, if you will, in the in the regular season. But they get through that. But they get to the playoffs, and I mean, they haven't slowed down at all. You go forty one thirteen over Mount Ida, a uh, twenty point victory over a good Desert team. Coach uh, Barbary and I were college football teammates, uh, so. It, and then you mentioned the win over Mark Tree. I mean, that was a, a conference that we thought we might have a lot of success in the in the postseason. They certainly did, but to get a 16-point win on the road there, it's uh, pretty impressive. And, and now that they're facing an East Point State County team that I've had my eye on all season, Jeff, uh, because, one, they've got maybe the best player that most people have never heard of in, in Dennis Gaines. I mean, he, he's a guy that had 44 touchdowns last year. They're not relying on him so much this year. They're kind of spreading the wealth a little bit. But, I mean, he's going to be the best player when he steps onto the field. And and when you when you look at matchups uh, like this into a state championship game, you always want to point to, okay, who's the best player? How do you get him the football? And, and EPC is not going to have that issue. And then the, then you add the fact that they took down Carlisle, the defending uh, state champ from, uh, from a season or runner-up from a season ago. Obviously, Hazen won it last year. Uh, so I, I like EPC's chances just because they've got the best player. But Bigelow's again, they've been so close, and, and maybe this is their final their time to to lift that gold trophy. Well, and you don't ever know how people react to those things. Right. right? You know, something about that stadium on that Saturday, people do some weird things, and people come, you know, do things that uh, you might not even think they do. That's right. They are or negatively. And, uh, man, that, it ought to be a great matchup. EPC's just been wrong, but Bigelow with that, you know, beat Mark Tree like that last week really – you know, opened a lot of people's eyes, obviously. Well, let's go to our 630 game. Uh, we've got, and I think this is a, I don't even know where to begin with this one. I mean, this is a, a matchup everybody's been talking about. They've already played one time. we got Little Rock Christian at Greenwood. And what, to me, Bobby, what's very interesting in this game is, you know, Greenwood played Little Rock Christian earlier in the year at mm-hmm. And really, if you take the the last two minutes of the second half and the first three minutes, of, I mean, the the first last two minutes of the first half, the last first three minutes of the second half, that really tells the tale of that ball game. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to roll reverse this, and now Little Rock Christian's pretty much having a home game, and Greenwood's mm-hmm. on the road. Uh, Chris Young's been been there every year. <laughs> he's been the head coach, knocking on the door. I think he's got a great great team. But I watched the Benton Little Rock Christian game this past week, back and forth, back and forth, and Walker Walker was just dead on all mm-hmm. night long against those guys. Two great quarterback matchups. Really looking forward to this one. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean that's exactly what what I'm looking forward to as well. Because what teams who have had success and there's not many of them against Little Rock Christian, uh, it's what they they keep Walker White in the pocket. They don't let him beat him with his legs, and they, and they they get pressure. 
Uh, and then they forced him into th some throws that he'd like to have back. And that's what Greenwood did, like you said, in the last couple of minutes of the first half. And then they kind of snowballed from there. But to me, for Little Rock Christian to be successful, they've got to get that quarterback run game going. Um, and so one thing that we have to kind of get out of the way is Little Rock Christian with the win over Benton on Friday, they're moving up to class 7A. So this is their swan song uh, in 6A. And so, so they're going to be moving up to the largest classification, but they want to go up with the title. Uh, and they've got uh, a, a talented roster that is, is almost second to none, to be quite honest. And I know Greenwood hammered them pretty good uh, in the regular season. Shiloh was able to run the football against them in the non-con, and that's why they got that game. But, I mean, you're talking about Aoki, the running back. I mean, they've got talented players all across the board. Maybe one of the better and more impressive-looking offensive and defensive lines you're going to see that's not a 7A uh, football team. Uh, but it all starts with that quarterback. You're exactly right. And, and it, can they protect the football? Can he make the, the right decisions, the proper decisions to put them in good situations? And on the other side of things, I don't know what you do to slow down Greenwood, to be quite honest. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback in Kane Archer who's got 36 touchdowns in the last five games. Uh, and what, what they do, they don't run the football a ton. And Coach, you've seen Greenwood play through the years. They don't run it a, a bunch, but they run it enough that if you don't account for it every play, they're going to gash you. And that's why Archer's so good in the run game because you're not expecting quarterback draw or the option read, and all of a sudden he's 15 yards down the field and you can't catch him. Uh, but, you know, you, you go Carnes and L.J. Robbins. I mean, they've got receivers for days at Greenwood, and Archer puts it on them. His completion percentage this year, I want to say, is north of 75%. I mean, he, he just doesn't make mistakes. I mean, they, they don't necessarily force it down the field, talking 30 and 40-yard attempts. But that they will they will wear you out in that mid range that eight to twenty yards they will light your defense up if you're not phys fundamentally sound on every play and it's and that's what they've been doing for twenty five years I know you're talking to Coach Rick Jones about it later I mean this is exactly the same thing that he did uh, during his impressive run there at Greenwood to me the difference in this game is going to be defense Cash Archer Kane's older brother uh, the six A West Defensive Player of the Year he's got uh, I believe a dozen or more sacks on the season I don't have the numbers right in front of me but the, the the ability for teams to block him has escaped everybody. And, and, that, and that's why they're undefeated. They've got a win over a Stillwater team early in the season that that looked like it was a cakewalk. Guess what? Stillwater's playing for a state championship next week. Uh, it's just they, they've been on a roll all season long, haven't been tested really all season long, but crazy things can happen in War Memorial. Well, and that, that, that you're, you nailed it. And I tell you, the hidden thing where everybody talked about is the quarterbacks and offenses. Both of them pretty solid uh, on mm -hmm. defense. I mean, probably one of the best two defenses in in six A, and usually that's why they're there. Obviously, yeah. Let's head over to Saturday afternoon. Probably mm. the prize of, of if we're <laughs> sitting here in June, July, or even last week, maybe everybody you know is talking Conway Bryant, Conway yeah. Bryant, Rock Central. What's the West going to do? And we had Jody Grant on here earlier this summer, and he said we got to figure out a plan. To, to beat Brian, obviously, mm -hmm. as a conference, and lo and behold, you look up in the West; it's all West here in the in yeah. the. No, I don't. Nobody would have predicted that, but I think we got two good football teams that are playing really, really well at the right time. Uh, Fayetteville uh, over Conway last week in a great ball mm -hmm. game. I was actually there, and then came back and watched the the Bentonville Bryant game. Bentonville, they're just playing with a chip on their shoulder. Just yeah. Like, playing with a chip on his shoulder. You look at Fayetteville playing, you know, they're undefeated, a lot of confidence. Man, the quarterback play in this one also is just going to be outstanding. And uh, what do you see? That's probably the surprising two teams. They're, they're not surprised that they're there. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. that's a surprise is a bad word. Uh, 
man, just you got to congratulate both of them on getting there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you almost feel like you're back in the mid 2010s, right? You got Fayetteville and Bentonville in the finals. I mean, we're, we're used to this. You and I are used to this, but maybe people who haven't paid attention to high school football for as long as we have would, would never have expected this. But and, and you're right, the, the way that the quarterbacks have played for these two teams, Carter Knife for Bentonville, obviously Drake Lindsay for Fayetteville, is, is why they're here. But we got to start with Friday night. I mean, you go on the road and you've got the five-time defending state champions on the brink of getting mercy ruled. I mean, it's 42-28 for a lot of a lot of that second half. I mean, they had a chance to to, to, to really hammer it home. And and it wasn't because Bryant turned the football over. Because I was reading the box score. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I was going back to the box score. It wasn't that Bryant turned the football over and made all these huge mistakes. Bentonville was just fundamentally sound. So guess what? Jody Grant's team is fundamentally sound. Shocking, right? I mean, that's all that team does is, is they make the plays that are in front of them and they will they will punish you if you if you aren't right where you're supposed to be every given play. The, the, the Bryant defense, the Bryant offense, well, they will put up 500 yards almost in that game. But guess what? When they got to the red zone, they couldn't get the job done. And you tip of the cap to Bentonville to put up that many points on the team. And they took someone who's not used to being bullied and bullied him around. And, and that and that doesn't happen at that level very often. And so, obviously, uh, it's pretty impressive, especially after that team started 0-2. Uh, they, they lose to Conway in the last minute of the game in the regular season, and also they lose to Kansas City Rockers. And everybody's questioning, oh, is, is this the downfall of Bentonville? Well, obviously, that was greatly exaggerated. You know, Fayetteville got the better of them in the regular season, and the Purple Dogs have just been rolling, rolling right along. I mean, Casey Dix got himself a monster again. Uh, you know, not, not everybody thought that this was team was going to be as good as it was a couple of years ago when they got to the finals, when they probably should have beaten Bryant in the championship game. They had all those red zone turnovers, the block field goal for a touchdown, uh, but still had every chance to do it. But Drake Lindsay's, I mean, every time you look at the box score, I mean, it's unreal. And how somebody other than Minnesota, I'm not saying that Minnesota's not a great team and why he's not, why he shouldn't go to Minnesota. But how somebody closer to home <clears throat> uh, hasn't offered this kid because he's got a cannon. He's a big time quarterback. He can make all the throws, but it, it was trying to get up there. Every time you look at the box score, he's got 285 yards and five touchdowns. Doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't turn the football over. This is really the first time I've seen him live in a game situation. And uh, man, he could, he can sling it. Both mm -hmm. kids can sling it. And back to Bentonville, special teams, man. Yeah, they are. They they do as good a job on kickoff. I thought that was a big difference in the in the Bryant game. You know, getting a turnover, put them in bad field positions all night. Jody and them are masters at that, and that'll mm -hmm. be kind of watch that during the game. How, how's uh, you know, if it's going to be a field position game, boy, I, you know, Bentonville, that's kind of their deal. You know, if it's going to mm -hmm. go back and forth, which both teams can go back and forth, they both can score. So, be very interesting. Well, well it's, it's always the what you want to do. I mean, and you did this forever. You want a team to go 80 yards. I mean, yeah, you sure. force the team to go the length of the field. Don't give them short field. Don't give them make mistakes in the kicking game. Don't give up the big plays. And that's what Bentonville's been doing for so long, going through Barry Lunny on his run. And obviously, since Jody's taken over and, and the dominant run that they've had. I mean, they just don't beat themselves very often. And, and that's why they're always in the conversation for a conference championship. And they're always going to be in the conversation to win it all. Do you pay attention to history? You know, in the, in the past, a lot of times it's been who's yeah. ever lost the regular season game wins the state right. championship, and it's kind of role reversal here. So, deja vu, maybe not. Who knows? Hey, yeah, exactly right. I mean, because most of the time it, it was Bentonville beating Fayetteville in the regular yeah. season. All of a sudden, some miracles happened there at War Memorial. Uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I hate the cliche throw it out the window when these two teams play, but that, I mean that's really what's going to happen because. 
I mean, you, you add you add the fact that it's a three hour drive to play for it. Uh, it's on that. It's on statewide television. The cameras are going to be in their face. And War Memorial is just it's an odd place because the end zones are are not you know buildings. It's just it's empty bleachers. Of course, I mean, with the weather that we're expected on Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised if there's twenty five thirty thousand. Uh, if, if the fans come out for it, because uh, it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a ball game, and I think the state Jeff needed somebody else to be in the finals. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I, at the largest level, I'm not downplaying anything that Bryant's done, but I, th- I feel like the largest classification had gotten stale, and everybody had gotten numb to Bryant's success. So I think it's good for Arkansas high school football that we've got some other teams. Granted, the teams that are, have been there the last couple of years anyway, but we got some other teams with a chance to win that trophy and some great matchups. Well, let's end with this one for for Saturday night, five uh, A state championship. Parkview's pretty much dominated. Everybody stamped mm-hmm. on the whole year long. Uh, beat Brian earlier this year. You know, just have dominated all the way through. Really, hadn't played really a close game uh-huh. much all year. And then you got a shallow team that it's kind of flew underneath the radar. You know, went down to Little Rock Christian and, and beat those guys and. Uh, got upset by Farmington, you know, mm-hmm. in mid 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 season, and, and everybody's kind of rolled them up, rolled them off. But man, they went to Valley View and won. I went to Pine Bluff, which I thought was going to be a very tough game. End mm-hmm. up getting way behind and coming back at a shallow Christian team that's running the football and and playing pretty well. But Parkview's been dominant, you know, and that should be a big crowd because of the Little mm-hmm. Rock area, obviously, and. and in, in that part of it, but uh, let's break that one down a little bit. What do you see in this one? Yeah, let's start with Shiloh. I mean, I was I was probably as surprised as anybody to see them go to Pine Bluff and, and get down what twenty points and, yeah. and to, to make that rally. And uh, we were talking about the things you can't do to to win football games, turn the football over, and Shiloh turned Pine Bluff over a handful of times. Uh, they're down 35-19. The next thing you look up, all of a sudden they're up 39-35. and they end up winning that one forty nine forty one. It's just. They rely so much on their defense to make big plays, and that's why what Coach Jeff Conaway was able to do, and now Tucker Bernard's come back, longtime Stillwater head coach, back-to-back state champions over there. But they they rely on their defense so much to create things for their offense, and and this is not the typical air raid that we used to see with Truett Tallette and and those teams the last couple of years. It's it's all about Bo Williams in the run game. I mean, they will line up and just maul you. Uh, I think someone told me that the one of the conference players of the year was one of the offensive linemen for Shiloh Christian. That kind of tells you what this team is all about because uh, he's, he's going to re- they're going to hand the ball off 40 times. They're going to try to shorten the game. They know they can't get into a track meet uh, with Little Rock Parkview. Uh, the Patriots offense is loaded. I mean, you mentioned they haven't been tested since week one, week two, whenever they played Bryant. I mean, you're talking about mercy rules in, in 10 straight games. Uh, those guys just are so good and so talented in, in you know, the coaching staff for Parkview is, is second to none. I mean, obviously what Brad's been able to do there, uh, Bobby running the defense, a longtime head coach, at, you know, a few different stops, a state championship coach. Um, and don't forget that those kids are pretty good too. I mean, they, they got a lot of talent. So uh, so you add all that together, and, and that's the reason Parkview's maybe considered the, the number one team regardless of classification in Arkansas. Uh, but can they stop the run game of Bo Williams? And, and that's going to be step number one because Shiloh's going to – this is going to be the, the hammer and the anvil. They're just going to sit there and hit against them and, and hammer their head against the wall and see who breaks first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's an interesting game. I think Shiloh's another one of them teams, kind of like Bentonville's had, got a little chip on the shoulder. And they, mm-hmm. They've been kind of waiting around for this one, I think, for 365 days. And they're going to get their opportunity. Yeah. 
see how it's going. Well, Bobby, who's all working with you with you Friday and Saturday? Where can people everybody find find the broadcast? I think it's a really cool thing. It's over statewide. I, I mm-hmm. just I think it's just awesome. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a really good partnership. The, the the five or six years that we've done, and obviously the last couple uh, with me working on the AAA side of things, it's we, we've seen it grow. But Arkansas PBS uh, going to be a statewide television live uh, all across the board. So the eight man game starting on Thursday night, the two games on Friday, the two on Saturday, and of course the three A and four A game uh, coming up the following weekends. Uh, so anywhere in the state of Arkansas, Arkansas PBS, you can stream it online on Arkansas PBS's website. As long as you, as long as your internet's based in the in the state of Arkansas. If you live outside the state, you can watch it on the NFHS network uh, for a small fee. Uh, but the normal crew, I mean, we've been really lucky to keep the kind of the, the main guys uh, involved. We got Wes Moore, R.J. Hawk, myself, uh, uh, Kyle Deckelbaum, a longtime KETV guy is going to be on the sideline for us. Doreen Kraft's going to be back on the sidelines as well. So we got a really good group of people that that care about high school sports and really want to promote the sport in, in our great state. Well, it's a great crew. It's a great show, and, and it's something I think everybody looks forward to every, every every year. Well, Bobby, appreciate you having me on. We'll have you on next week. Break down. we got another week of it, man, next That's week. That's right. 3 and 4 coming up next week. Good, it's a good talk to you, Coach. All right, buddy. Have a good one. See you, Bobby. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, there's some great games, and Bobby broke them down. Real, mm-hmm. You know, when me and Daryl are going to break them down, and, and – uh Man, some some matchups. You know the Greenwood Christian game. The you know the surprise really in seven A with Bentonville and in Fayetteville, and and then obviously in five A can Parkview continue their their dominance against a a shallow team that that's got a little chip on their shoulder wants another piece of it. You got the boys down at Bigelow getting down and dirty. They ran off thirteen straight wins mm-hmm. and uh, lining up here for a state championship against DPC. Uh, and so, man, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Got first games on Friday at noon. The next ones are uh, the 6A games at 6.30 on Friday. They're all on PBS. And then at noon and 6.30 also on uh, on Saturday. And they'll both, both be viewed on PBS. Well, let's do this. Let's bring in a longtime high school legend. Uh, he's working for the University of Missouri right now as an analyst. Uh, I think there are a lot of people go to him. He's played for – 11 state championships in the state of Arkansas, two or three in Oklahoma. And and I want to bring him in and talk to all the distractions that come with playing in the state championship that week. And if you're a young coach, you need to get your pencil and pad out because, you know, I've got to experience it and going through it the first time, you, you can talk to people and everything, but you're not exactly prepared for all the things that are going to run at, come at you. Well, let's go ahead and bring our BSN guest, Coach Rick Jones. Coach, you, everybody knows who you are. You, you're <laughs> from Missouri right now, but you're working for everybody. You're consulting. You're the guy everybody goes to when you know they need information because you've you've seen it and been through it all. But we appreciate you having having you on. Uh, we're going to get into a topic here, uh, of, and you're the guy. First guy I thought about it is. And if you're a young coach out there, you need to get your pad and pencil out or pen or whatever <laughs> and take notes on this because this is very important, is the state championship week, getting prepared for that. Say, you know, there's there's two games that are on, on, on Saturday. One's at noon and one's at 6.30. So, number one, your, your guys are out of your routine. You've got an extra day of prep. 
talk to our young coaches out there or even some of our older coaches in our in our audience about the first thing you do is let's give an example. You've got a noon game on Saturday. What's your preparation look? Because you got an extra day. You've got people running at you. And I want to cook you some extra meals and have a pep rally and, and do a bunch of extra things that are out of the routine. How did you deal with that? And if you were playing that noon game, what was your schedule? What what did you what was your schedule looking like? Well, the thing you had, you know, we're about a three, three, three and a half hour bus ride uh, from Greenwood to Little Rock, and so that's always an issue if you have the noon game because we have the, the the number one answer is you want to try to keep things exactly the same, and and you know you can't do it exactly the same, but you'd have to make that week as much like the other 14 weeks or 13 weeks has been uh, leading up to it. And I think that's the really important thing for me. It may not be, honestly. <laughs> I mean, who really knows? But in my in my brain, we're going to try to keep the same routine. Now, when you play 7 o'clock games all year long, then all of a sudden you're going to play at noon. There's several thoughts that, that go in there. But basically, we're going to go from kickoff to arrive at the stadium and work our way back. And, and that always start with the end in mind. We want to be lined up, ready to play at noon. And then you have, like you said, you have the other things to think about. But it's going to be different. And I think the thing I tried to tell myself is that even though it's different, we're going to try to make it as, as exactly the same as possible. And so we sort of had a unique routine of traveling when we first got – I, I coached in Oklahoma City and Tulsa for, you know, 25 years or whatever. And uh, we didn't dress anywhere other than our own locker room maybe five times in 20 years. You know, that's just the way it was. You just load your stuff up and drive across town and go play. But when you get to Greenwood and you've got, you know, you have some of these bus rides that are an hour or two hours, even three hours or more, like going to El Laredo or something like that, it, it changes you know, we never did pregame meals. I mean, pregame meal, what? Pregame meal, what in the world are we going to do on the pregame meal? And so we we did the the right thing. We were going to give them a good pregame meal. And so we would go to, a, uh, you know, one of those little steakhouses, and, and we would get uh, pasta, you know, for energy and, and have that regular pregame meal. And I'd go in there with, you know, you're in there with 80 people, and you're on a schedule, and you've got to get to the stadium exactly two hours and 12 minutes before kickoff, and blah, blah, blah. And the food's late. The kids don't eat the food. If you have a buffet line, all the Scooby-Doo's are eating all the food, and all the players aren't getting it. You know, it's just, you. It, it's out of your control. I mean, the food's not ready. They don't like the food anyway. They don't eat it. And so we got to, and I know this has nothing to do with nutrition, but it had everything to do with my mindset. We started uh, taking Chick-fil-A on the road. We would pull over at a, at a uh, uh, you know, a, a park on the side of the road, and we would pass out chicken sandwiches. We'd eat our chicken sandwiches exactly four hours before we kick off, and they'd have, they'd have their meal, but I controlled the time that way. We took the food with us. We get to the park, pull over, and, and I loved it. I mean, when we played up in northwest Arkansas, there's a place up there by, oh, what's that town? It's not Winslow, the one right past Winslow. But there's a beautiful park, 
you just take take a couple turns and drive off uh, 49 and, and sit there and there's a stream rolling through and it, it, it sort of calmed my nerves a little bit, to tell you the truth. And, and you're on your own time schedule. So you we just got into that habit. I don't know if Chris is still doing it the same way, uh, but the pregame meal was just, it would drive me crazy. I would just want to be, I would want to be choking somebody before we were out of there. And, uh, but it, while it wasn't as nutritious as it should have been, uh, the timing of it was probably good. I always felt like kids need to play. If you had to choose between being bloated or being hungry, I'd rather a kid be hungry when he walks out there anyway. We controlled the time, so we'd get to the stadium at exactly the right time we wanted. And and if you're playing on a Friday, I'm not going to take <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to take 70 high school kids and managers and trainers and that ho- and stay in a hotel the night before. So that meant that we probably had to get up at five o'clock in the morning. We'd have a buddy system, so everybody calls everybody, and we'd meet at like five a.m. Load the bus, take Chick Fil A biscuits with us, and uh, head to Little Rock. And uh, and then once we got to the stadium, you know, the most people don't understand that the game's not the most important thing. The most important thing at the state championship game or pictures oh yeah that's the most important thing so you have to have your slot where your team takes pictures and if the other teams lay and i mean it's just it, it it would drive me absolutely crazy but the thing that we tried to emphasize to our kids is that hey that field war memorial is 100 yards long 53 and third wide it's the same and once you kick it off you know jeff you've been there once you kick it off you're trying to figure out third and one. Yeah. You know, it isn't it isn't that you 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 do things any differently than, than you're gonna do. We try to do things exactly the same way. We kept the same routine that we had. If we're playing at home, we're playing on the road, we're playing state championship game, or we're playing the Wapanucka J V. We're gonna try to stay in the same keep the same schedule. It, there's the other side of it that, well, it's a special event. You need to make it special. Well, to me, special is when you carry that trophy off the field at the end. I I probably don't have much patience with trying to make something that's already special, special. The special thing is what happens when you kick it off. And that's what I told the kids. We're kicking it off at noon. That's what's important. That's what we're going there for. Uh, the hoopla, all the pictures are fine and dandy. You'll remember them when you're long gone. But... We're going to play a great football game. We're going to be prepared to play. We're going to play the way we play. We're going to keep the same routine. We'll have the same warm-up. We'll have the same, you know, third and one's third and one. You know, it's it's those uh, decisions that you have to make. I, I remember it, it's we were playing the Pulaski Academy in that shootout game. Ended up 56-55, I think. You know, it, it was like a four-hour-long high school football game. We played forever. I think we snapped it somewhere like, 85 times, and I think PA snapped it around 96 or something like that. I mean, there's a ton of football plays. And uh, I remember we had uh, played 11 up, which means basically we're either going to sack them or they're going to score, and they scored. And uh, Kevin went for two to try to go up nine. And I just, I told her, you know, not a genius coaching move. I just said, hey, fellas, you stop them here, we got a chance. You stop them here, we got a chance. And we stopped them on the two-point play, so they're up seven. 
And then we had like a minute six. And I'll never forget, Tyler Wilson comes up to me, just like you and I are talking this morning. And he said, what are you going to call? You know, that's all he said. What are you going to call? Well, he said, what's the call? He said, what's the call? I don't remember double 66. He said, okay. And that was that. And, and I read uh, several years later, I read a phrase that, a sentence that has stuck in my brain forever. And that is, do not concern yourself with the circumstance. Concern yourself with execution. Yeah. And that's really what Tyler was doing. He, he was telling me, instead of saying, Tyler, you got a minute, six seconds. This is for the state championship game. We've got to get over the butt. Tyler. All Tyler wanted was, he wanted to call. He said, Coach, give me a call. I said, we're going double 66. You know, that's our, our big uh, drag concept. And we had run it, I think, nine times that day. We had thrown it to five different receivers. And he comes up and he throws a corner route to the single side and made a beautiful throw, beautiful catch. We scored in like three plays, went for two and one, and, you know, there we go. But you, you focus on execution, not on the circumstances. It doesn't matter if state championship game or, or like I say, the Wapanucka JV. It's, it's the same. It's the same. Focus on that. And Tyler, in his own way, all he was thinking about was the execution of the play. He wasn't thinking about circumstances. He wasn't thinking about, oh, my goodness, if I throw a pick, it's over, blah, blah, blah. It's just focus on it. I, I, uh, that was just such a great lesson. But that's the thing about playing in that game is that once they kick it off, it's just football. Yeah. You know, it's like people have asked me, what's it like? I've had the – I've been so blessed. I've had the best seat in the house for the last – four years at the University of Missouri. I, I stayed 10 feet from the coach because I, from Coach Drinkwitz because I had the analytics book and I need to be close to him. And I sit there and I watch those guys from the sideline. I've had the best seat. I've had the best seat in the house for, for four years. It's it, I, To go sit in the stands is sort of be, uh, <laughs> be hard to get used to. But even there, even at that level, the first game we, you know, the first game, Coach's first game was against Nick Saban. Yeah. At Mizzou. I mean, you walk out there and there's Coach Saban, you know, on the fifth yard line with a scowl on his face and, and you're looking at all those guys down there at Alabama and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, but they kick it off. It's just football. It's football. They're really good. It's really good football, but it's just it's just football. You're trying to make ten yards. That's the thing. You're trying to make ten yards, you're trying to keep the other team from making ten yards. It, it in the state championship games exactly the same way. Don't worry about circumstances. Worry about execution. And and it, we would back up. If we're playing on Saturday morning, uh, our normal routine at Greenwood was to come. Uh, we changed this about halfway through that 16 years there when we started meeting on Sunday afternoon instead of Saturday morning. And our kids loved it. They loved it. And I talked to every youth minister in the entire town. That's one thing about being a small town. And I said, hey, from two to four on Sundays, would we conflict with anything that you're doing? And we, we only had uh, our LDS kids. Uh, we had about four, three or four LDS kids, and they were no-go. They were no-go on Sundays. And I understood that 100%. We worked it out. But for the, major, for the rest of our guys, they loved having Saturdays off where they could get up and go duck hunting or go to the Razorback game or deer hunting or just – you know, lay around and, and take it easy, then come in on Sunday at, at 2 p.m. And so if we were playing on Saturday, we would prop, in, in most cases, we'd give them that Sunday off. And then Monday would be Sunday. Okay. And you 
and it's so weird. You know how coaches are, and everybody that's a coach knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we just played on Friday. Everything just backed up. You just back it up, and uh, then say, what day is it? You say, I don't know. You know, I don't know what day. Well, it's Tuesday practice, so that means it's uh, Monday. <laughs> but you, we would just back it up. If we're going to play, you know, if we're going to play on a Saturday, I'd get them off that day. And then we'd come in on Monday, Monday, Sunday, Tuesday's Monday, and, and we just go from there. So that everything stayed exactly the same. We had a great routine there. I inherited it from Ronnie Peacock. Ronnie always did what we called theme on Thursday. And on Thursday night, Thursday after practice, we'd have study hall if everybody didn't have a three-point. After practice, they'd have to go to study hall, or they had time to just chill out. And our kids hated study hall. They hated study hall because all their buddies are out running around having a good time. They're in study hall. And that was a good uh, in inducement for those guys to get that three-point. Once they got three-point, if they could show me they had three-point, they were out of study hall. And I think the, the last year we were there, we ended up with like 12 permanent members of study hall, which is pretty incredible when you said we had 96 kids on the team. Our kids – did a great job academically, but they did not like doing study hall. So we'd do study hall. Then we'd either have a team dinner or a squad dinner on Thursday um, or, or a unit dinner. And, and a team dinner would be at a church. It would be voluntary where a church would feed us, and we would have a spiritual message. That's why it was voluntary. And then the other Thursdays, we'd have a squad meeting, and we would divide our team up into, into eight squads, so that uh, and it would be just a mix of young and old, offense, defense, whatever, and they'd go to one of their squad members' house and have dinner. And then after dinner, we'd sit in a circle, and we would do what we call questions. And we'd just have life questions. You know, describe your favorite moment. You know, uh, describe the best day you ever spent with your dad or, or the describe your best childhood. You know, just things like that, just so the kids could talk and get to know each other. And other times we'd have a unit meeting where we'd meet by position. And that was a Thursday night thing. And then Thursday evening, if we played ninth grade at home, we'd have the, uh, we would have theme, what we call theme, after the ninth grade game. And uh, I would assign every coach two nights for theme. And it was their job to present us a motivational message, whatever it was. It might be former players coming back to talk to us. It might be a, uh, some film clips and a, and a motivational video would take about 15, 20 minutes. And our kids love theme. They love theme night. So if we were playing on Saturday, we'd have theme night on Friday, and everything would be exactly the same. And we get up at 5 o'clock. That's not great, but it's better than taking 90 people on the road in a hotel. And we'd load the buses with our Chick-fil-A biscuits, and we would head to Little Rock and then try to get the game two hours and 20 minutes or so before kickoff and roll it from there. Well, let me ask you something. And me and you've talked about this a bunch because uh, I did the spend the night thing once and I'll never do it again. I, I tell people that's just me. And I, I, I'm and me and you've talked about this, getting them up at five, getting them on a bus or driving two and a half hours. Easy. Yeah. And they, they kids adjust to things. Did you ever feel like, hey, we're not awake here at the beginning of this deal? I mean, I know it's state championship game, but you're 
you know, your body, you, we talked about being in, in a in a consistent, you know, hey, we practice at 2.30, you know, we're warming up here. The body gets conditioned that way. Yeah. And if you spend the night, you're still getting up and you're still playing at a weird time. Did, did you ever go into it going, I don't know if we're awake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I, I don't think we played nearly as well in the noon games as we played in, in the uh, Friday night games or the Saturday night games. I don't think we ever played as well, but I weigh that against taking 80 people on the road, putting them in hotels, get, getting food and all that. And and I just thought that, that our best chance, the best way to be prepared was to do it that way. You know, we encourage our kids go to bed early. You know, how in the world do you sleep the night before a state championship game anyway? I mean, if you can sleep, good luck to you. God bless you. But, you know, the kids are going to be fired up. The town's fired up. Mom and dad are fired up. They're going to have, a, you know, they'll have a people lining, literally lining the interstate all the way to Little Rock, with, you know, waving pom-poms and stuff at overpasses and things. I mean, it. how could you... Do it for the most part. Kids get in there, go to sleep. We wake them up, give them their biscuits, <laughs> you know, give them their Chick Fil A biscuits, and then head head on. And for the most part, they're going to sleep anyway. I don't think we played our best with that, but I think it's better than it would have been had we done the hotel thing. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I've done both both ways. And I'm for loading them up and headed down. I'm, 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 you know, if, if Jeff, if, if if like. You know, it's Fayetteville or, or or somewhere that's a little bit further. That 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 that's a little bit tougher deal, I think. I talked to Daryl Patton about it, and uh, he, I think it was Daryl. I'm pretty sure it's Daryl. He loved spending night. Oh, he, he loved, loved that, getting oh, away and being a, apart from everybody else. But we could not keep. You know, it would be hard to do a theme. We could do it, but it'd just be so different. Yeah. And uh, I I did the 5 a.m. deal. Buddy call, make sure everybody's up and let's roll. But they knew, now they did know that at 5 a.m. the wheels were rolling. <laughs> they might have to catch a ride with, with Aunt Susie, but they, they knew the buses were going to roll at 5 a.m. if I said 5 a.m. So that's, <laughs> that's sort of the way that thing went. Uh, well, let me ask you about this, too, because right now, as we speak, you know, uh, you know, the first day, they're gonna, they don't think they drive down to do the big press conference. It's more on Zoom and the information. Yeah. As a head football coach, you're probably sitting there with your some with your superintendent, a lot with your principal, and especially your athletic director. You're getting hit right now. These guys are getting hit with all right, t pre t shirt sales, pre ticket sales. Uh, you know, your booster club presidents wants wants uh, six parades and a and a and a school dance going on. You know, to celebrate. How do you control? I always tried to say, went through it. If it didn't have anything to do with winning or losing, I delegated that thing somewhere somewhere else with that athletic director and principal. How did you absorb all that? And trying to, the other part is you want to protect your assistants and not have them lose focus on what they have to do as far as, you know, was getting prepared for the game. How did you deal with all the, you know, the interviews and all that kind of stuff. How did you deal with that distraction and stay focused? Well, I, I think you're exactly right, is that um, I, I was just going to be a hard head, to be honest. You know, they. It, I don't know how it is now, but like you say, in, in the old days, uh, you would take two players, 
your AD, maybe your soup, and then hop in the car and drive to War Memorial and do the press conference and all that. I I got to where I just I wasn't I didn't take kids. I just didn't take kids. Uh, I'm sorry, you know. We're just we're just not doing it. And part of the deal is, I mean, if we were in Little Rock, that would be one thing. But to drive a kid three and a half hours on on I think it's Monday we'd do that. You know, drive a kid three and a half hours, three three and a half hours, and then come back. And I I, I got to the point where I just said, no, we're not going to do that. I'm sorry, but uh, it I think you you hit the nail right on the head. And this is what I tried to do as a head coach once I got more mature in the job is that does it affect winning and losing? If it doesn't, okay. You know, water off the duck's back, it's fine. We'll do it. If it does, then I'm not I'm gonna be hard headed. We're not gonna do it. Um, and our staff wasn't gonna do any of it. They weren't gonna do any of it. We we were going to uh, you know, we always had a parade in Greenwood. I, I called it the victory parade. Uh, on the Monday after the state championship game, for whatever reason, the Greenwood Christmas Parade yeah. is is that Monday right after the deal. We we call it a victory parade. On the times we didn't win it, it, it was called worse things. <laughs> but it it was uh, always a pain in the backside. But that was after the game, win or lose. We had to figure out, you know, somebody had to get. We'd have to get three or four trailers, and we'd have to have their jerseys on them, and you just, you know, you're not really, that's really not about it. But once Sprague started, it was awesome. I mean, Greenwood is such a fantastic town, and they love their team so much. They love their teams so much. All Greenwood, they just want to be good at everything. You know, they want their band to be good. They obviously, academics, things like that. So it, it was always fun once the parade got started, but it was not all that much fun. On Monday after the state championship game, getting, getting jerseys on all the kids and getting a trailer for them to, you know, to ride on and things like that. But if it matters, winning and losing, I was going to be a hard head. If it didn't, I was going to just let it let it roll. Let's have fun. Uh, fun is part of it, and I get that. I I would like to think our kids had a good experience, but the experience was the game. It wasn't all the hoopla before. I don't think any. Kids going to go 20 years at their 20 year reunion, come back. So, you know, it was so much fun taking pictures before the state championship game. <laughs> now, they might say it was so fun watching Coach Jones go crazy taking pictures before the state championship game. But I think, you know, you sort of sum up the whole thing. Does it matter? And if it doesn't, let it go. Have fun. It, you know, you only go through once, and for the most part, and, and I know. When, when we first started as a head coach in Oklahoma, we went to the state championship game the second year we were we were head coach there when we were at Edmond and, and got smoked and uh, got beat by a Lawton team that had Will Shields and Duell Brewer and Kelly Stinnett. I mean, they had James Trapp. They had four guys. Three guys played in the NFL. One guy played Major League Baseball for about 15 years. They were pretty good. And uh, you ride that bus back home after getting spanked, and you're like, well, that's that. I'll never be back. And then two years later, we go back and win it. Had a great group of guys. And uh, you're on the bus, you say, well, that's that. We're going to do this every year. It, you know, it's never going to happen. Then 13 years later, you find yourself finally back. That's sort of what it is. But we were, you know, so fortunate at Greenwood. We sort of, you know, they call that Smith-Robinson 
uh, East at War Memorial, Smith Robinson East. And uh, we were able, we had a great run of kids, obviously. We got to do it. But every year is, is its own year. But being there over, you know, several times, you sort of get used to, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to do that. And you sort of adjust it from there if you get that opportunity. You know I mean, I've said in Hall of Fame ceremonies where these legendary coaches are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and, and they, you know, they coached for 30, 40 years and they went to state championship in 1962. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, we're so lucky. We're so lucky to have a chance to, to uh, coach in that game. And it's, it's an awesome it's an awesome experience. Uh, I love the day game. I mean, I love the day game. Even though I didn't think we played as well as as maybe we could have, but I love the day game. And the Friday game's awesome. The Friday night game's awesome, too, because it's just like a normal week. Yeah. And you don't have all that issues. The, the Saturday game, it just seems like it takes forever to get there. Just it takes forever to get there. And... Uh, at that point in time, you just want to play and go. I mean, let's go. Kids are ready to roll. Let's roll. Well, let me leave you. Well, last question. I'll get you off here. I know you're busy. And this is something I struggle with. And, and it's just a philosophy. I don't know where it came from. But how did you, and we've kind of hit on a little bit, and I always said I want to make it enjoyable for the kids but stay focused on winning. And I hate to say this, and I was an old school guy. You know, if we were having fun, it probably wasn't the right thing. You know, does that make sense? Does, does that make any sense to you at all? Is is But how did you try to do some things to make it enjoyable for your kids, but the focus was on the games? And we hit a little bit about that, but there's a, there's a fine balance. But I had a hard time with that. I was more, you know, was the game, the game, the game, the game, and everything else was a distraction. And or when, especially when I was younger, got better when I got older. But how did you deal with that? You know, you went to eleven of them uh, just in the state of Arkansas, a few in Oklahoma. So you've been there, and know how it's. And, and everything I always hear was from coaches is, I wish I'd enjoyed it a little bit more on the on the ride there. <laughs> To me, that's hard to do, but <laughs> you did that with the kids, and you know, during that week and during that time. What was your philosophy on that? It's funny you mentioned that because I, I think there's two things that stand out. I remember one time, and I think it was the first time we were in the state championship game. It might have been the second time in Oklahoma. I'm standing there with Pat Jones, the head coach in Oklahoma State, and in at Oklahoma State they had a Cool deal. We played state championship games there, and they had uh, they had a box at at the top of the stadium that probably sat four hundred people, and they let all the coaches sit in that box and watch all the games. And when you weren't playing in the game, I loved to go to the box and hobnob with my buddies and watch the games and all that. And I remember standing there and I'm talking to Pat Jones, and I love Pat Jones. He's one of the best ever. <laughs> And I look up, and I, we're getting ready to go, getting ready to start warm-ups, and I look up there, and I said, man, I wish I was up there. And Pat Jones said several choice words to me. He said, what in the world are you thinking? Everybody in that room up there would give anything to be in your shoes. And it just it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was worried about 
how we're going to play, what we, you know, how's it going to go? This is for the, the what it in Oklahoma. It's it's the gold ball. You know, you want the gold ball because the trophy was a gold ball that you want, and you're so just tense and tight. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'd like to just sit up there and watch it all happen up there and take it easy. And, and Pat, it was like a kick in the gut. I, I'll never forget Coach Jones saying that to me. He said, Coach, every coach in that room wants to be where you are. And I thought, you're exactly right. And the other thing that hit me, the other thing that hit me, and this is all after the fact, of course. Yeah. But the other thing that hit me is I saw a picture of myself when Kevin, my son, was one of our ball boys. And he's sitting there. And we're getting ready to go out. We're in the tunnel. There's a picture of us in the tunnel. And I look like the most miserable human on the face of the earth. And Kevin has a big smile on his face. And he's throwing the ball up and down. Because he, he was never still. He's throwing the ball, kicking the ball, doing something. And he's the happiest kid in the world. And I'm sitting there looking like the worst I've received the worst news in my life. And I was thinking, I should have enjoyed that more. But that's not my nature. Yeah. Just and I don't think it's a lot of people's nature. I enjoy it now. Yeah. I look back at those times and, and I, I think about, you know, Nathan Staten catching the ball and Tyler Wilson throwing the ball and and all those great guys, Peyton Holt and those guys making plays and, and the great memories and all that. And I'd say it's easy to say, yeah, if I do it again, I'd enjoy it more. But I, I doubt if I would because we're competitive nature. We have a competitive nature. We want to play great. It's not a matter of winning. It's just playing great. You want to go out there and play great. This is the biggest stage you'll ever be on as a football coach. You want to go out there and play great. And, and I, I don't know that it's a whole lot different for any coach anywhere at any level when you're playing for stakes, when there's something involved, when you care about it, you love it. And, and there's passion to it. Um, yeah, I, I honestly no, I did not enjoy. I did, once they kicked it off, I was okay. Yeah, I did not necessarily enjoy all of it building up. I, you know, you get up on Friday morning, Jeff. You know how it is. You get up Friday morning and your stomach's in knots, and Fridays are miserable, miserable. It was so bad. I went to our pasture there in Greenwood, and I said. Bro, Ronnie, I said, what's wrong with me? Why, why can I not just enjoy it and, you know, take a deep breath? And he said, you are a competitive person. That's not how, that's not the way competitive people deal with it. And, and I, some people deal with it differently than others. But the thing that I felt I was lucky is that once they kicked it off, once I got out of the circumstances and into the execution, it was, what do we need to do to win? Do we need to let them score? Do we need to go for it here? Do we need to kick it? Or do we need to go, you know, and all those, once you're in that, I was, it was fine. It was fine. I, I didn't have very, very, in 31 years of being a head coach, very seldom would I ever be stuck mentally. I mean, we were laser beam focused, uh, and, and I think that's it. Oh, yeah, I wish I'd enjoyed it more. I don't know. You know what's in, I mean, this is what I told our kids. And I tell them this when we met, whatever that first day was before state champ, championship week preparation, I'd say, men, there's going to be a lot of hoopla. There's going to be pep rallies. There's going to be this. There's going to be this, that. The only thing that you are going to really care about is what happens 
when we kick that ball off. Yeah. And if you take care of that, the memories are going to be fantastic. And, and the truth is, is that if we don't take care of that, it's not going to be that great. I mean, it, the experience looking back, it, we went up there in 2004 and played win. First year we were at Greenwood. And our, that's that might be the best kids we ever had. And they loved, they hated losing so much. If any team deserved to win, they deserved to win. And we, you know, we, we uh, let win score. We were down one, let them score, came back, go bang, 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 touchdown, go for two and don't get it. That's what Daniel Stegall was our head, you know, was our quarterback. And those kids, I mean, as miserable as we were about losing, I felt worse for those kids in any group I've ever felt for because they deserved it. They were an unbelievable group of kids, and they deserved it. But, man, they fought. And as a coach, when you fight and you play the best you can, you, you let the chips fall and you sort of deal with it. That, I love that group of kids, and I'll never forget it. And, and really, every trophy – I think that Greenwood wins after 2004. We could chalk it right up to those those guys. I I was curious about Bray. We lost a lot of games at Greenwood, but we only got beat one time. And that and I think Bray was on that team. Yeah, he was, buddy. I'm he telling was. you, yeah, those was. boys they pounded us. I have as a coach, I've never been in a game where I just said, "Let's just." And I'm an Oklahoma guy, and I didn't even know what the mercy rule was. I was. From that point on, the mercy rule is the greatest thing ever. I love the mercy rule because that was literally what it was. Running that clock when we were playing those guys, they it is funny. Spencer Harris, our wide receiver, went and played at Illinois, played four years at Illinois, had a great career up there. I was talking to Spencer several years ago, and he said, Coach, I never got hit in the Big Ten like I got hit oh. the when we played Springdale Harbor, they were so doggone physical. I forgot the name of that safety, but that safety just gutted. Right. Just gutted. Yes. Uh, look, uh, uh, Spencer, it was it was brutal. But I, was Bray on that? Was that? Yeah, Bray was on that team, Coach. Yeah, I participated against those guys. I got oh, to, my gosh. Matter of, fact, matter of fact, Coach, I got to participate against those guys twice that year, I believe. Uh, we got them in the regular season. They beat us in overtime at their place. And then, of course, Bray reminds me, has a picture here in the studio of when they beat us in the state finals that year also. <laughs> and uh, great story on that one was Keith Fimple. We are going down there. We played them, you know, in overtime the first time. And he goes, the quarterback's got to beat us. Right? That's the quarterback. And after the first quarter, that quarterback threw two, 220 yards and rushed for about 130. And I walked down there and I said, hey, Fimple, uh, quarterback's beating us, and he looked at me in disgust and goes, "Yeah, I'm watching the same game." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, coach, I appreciate you coming on. We're gonna have you on later on for a big exclusive because your career and everybody comes to you and, and <laughs> just love. I love visiting with you. You're a ball guy, and that's what our show's about. And and man, I appreciate you coming on. I hope everybody. I'm telling you, that's what you just went over. You have to experience, but <laughs> if you just go in there blind, Neil, it, it can drive you crazy and lose focus on what what really matters. Yeah, I think as much as anything, Jeff, I just i I was so lucky. 
I mean, I'm a blind hog finding an acorn. I mean, I, I'm just so lucky. I got to coach great kids. Uh, I think this year's, and I've sort of been in and out this year, but it's like 46 years. And I think back to all the great kids and all the great coaches and all the great stories. And, and I feel like a, I'm one of the most blessed people ever. I've been very, very fortunate, very lucky to get to be with great guys. And that's the thing about Mizzou. In, in the four years I've been there, I, those kids, those kids are awesome kids. And I know they are everywhere. I know they are everywhere, but I, I love those kids. The coaches are fantastic group of guys and, and the sport of football is 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 a is i feel lucky to be a coach yeah it's in a, it's in a, in a good spot and and uh i tell you what football is the greatest team sport great sport there, there is i mean just on you you can be big you can be small you can be slow and you can be fast and there's a spot for you somewhere <laughs> And everything. Well, Coach, I appreciate you have coming you on. Jeff. We're gonna have you on uh, later on. We'll do. We're fixing to get back in some Joe Rogan exclusive interviews, and you're on our. There you go. Stuff. All right, I'm ready to roll. All see right, you, see you, Rick. Take you care, buddy. Bye. Man, we're gonna have Coach Jones. It was that not an amazing segment? Oh, Just incredible. list all the knowledge that, and that guy can remember anything, and and the, the mm-hmm. preparation, and and the little little nuggets that you get from every time you talk to him. We'll have him on again for obviously a big interview because uh, he's a guy I think that's just uh, a guy that you can absorb and learn so much from. No doubt. Well, let's get into our picks. Let's get to our high school picks. Let's go ahead and bring him on, Coach Daryl Fimple. State championship week right here, buddy. Man, big time. Big time right here. The Triple A's really excited because we're going to have some big crowds. They're going to, they're going to uh, you know, be able to benefit from this. These, these oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, PBS is going to be online. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to have it on, watching it at home. Yeah. It's a great – this is great. You know, this is the time of the year, I think, you know, if I was a head football coach, I'd play in the state finals. I'd send – Every kid home with their jersey, and they'd have to before they went to bed. They'd have to take a picture, sleeping in their jersey at night. That's what you know. You got you got you got to make this thing special. You know, this might be the last time you wear that Rivercrest Colts, you know, uniform right here, man. You wear you know twenty four hours a day for the next three days, getting ready for this. Stay focused. Stay focused. Mm. Locked in, baby. Locked in. Well, let's start off with this. Let's go ahead and get to. We have top five this week. Top five, man, is not changing around here too much. But again, oh. we had wait, we had some people drop out of the old top five. That's what happens when you when you get beat like that. Uh, so we got the bottom half there. You still got part of you rocking and rolling along at number one, trying to make history. Uh, you know, like I said last week, you know, the Boldens they want to be number one overall. Uh, you know that that would be something that they didn't you know get a, a full chance of that when they won it last year. So. You know, they want to be that top-ranked team, and, uh, you know, they, they've done some amazing things there. So, Parkview's still number one in my book. And then, of course, I'm going to go with Bentonville Ooh. at two. Yeah, Bentonville jumps up there and takes Fayetteville's spot. Fayetteville drops down to three. Of course, that's going to be, you know, coming out here pretty soon. And then we've got Greenwood at our fourth spot and our fifth spot. 
Now you got to think, man, but just think about this. Now, Bryant's not in there. <laughs> you know, sorry, he got beat. Uh, Bryant's not in there. Conway still ain't figured out what that was about. But you're not in there. So who we got left there? Who, who's in that fifth hole, you think? Well, I'm going to have to go. I'll tell you who it is. So Prescott Curlewoods is number five. Taking those guys right now, they're figuring out a way to win. I'll tell you who it is. It's number five is the Prescott Curlewoods. Oh. Now, we just, Hey, we jumped right out of the small schools and just said, come on, let's go with it. Let's go with the Prescott Curly. Bring on, we won't fail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, them guys are on a, they're on a path right here, man. They're oh, on a path to, to do some things. Of course, every time I jump on somebody, you know, I get a little scared there. But I, I like them Curly ones that five Curly spot. Tough. Curly was tough. Uh, let's get into the semifinal games. we got semifinal games in 4A and 3A. Let's start in 3A here. And let's kind of recap a little bit on last week. You know, let's start, we'll start in 7 8. Is, you know, wow. and Jody Grant came on here beginning of the summer and said, as a conference, we got to figure something out. And yeah. They figured it out. Yeah, and they think they did. You got, you got to give the, the Bentonville and Fayetteville a lot of credit. You know, first time we've had an all West state championship, probably 10 years. Well, you know, and also, too, is if you look at how both of them, um, you know, Fayetteville, I thought, ran the football really, really well. Yes, sir. The Setzler kid, they got in the secondary a couple times, you know, and that kind of ran the clock a little bit. And I'm going to tell you right now, Bentonville had a drive in the fourth quarter hmm. where, where I think everybody and their mom got crushed. I mean, and Jody and them, they were over there hooping and hollering and the fist pumps were going because, I mean, they knew right then they had them on skates. And, I mean, I'm talking about they delivered uh, a statement, I think, right there in that game. I mean, they were physical up front. And, you know, that's what Benton – and, I mean, if you look at the previous, you know, Bryant's last loss was in 2018 in North Little Rock, who was extremely physical. Yeah. I mean, that was when Coach Mitchell was – I mean, literally – I mean, they were hitting every day. Uh, I guess he can't get in trouble. He's not the state anymore. But, I mean, those guys were tackling to the ground every day in the whole nine yards. So it was a really physical. And you look at Bryant, the last, you know, you know, the last five they've won, uh, they've been so physical. I yeah. mean, so physical. And I think, you know, Bentonville and Fayetteville both uh, showed a lot of physicality. I think they did, no doubt about it. And then you get into 6A, Little Rock Christian, you know, going to Benton, who's dominated the 6A East and take, took care of business there on great ball game back and forth. You know, the, the quarterback. Well, that, the, the quarterback's phenomenal. Oh. I, once again, I don't know what we're thinking on that guy. That, that kid can pass, run it, the whole nine yards, his whole family. Somebody was telling me today the backup quarterback's his little brother. Like, there's another one. <laughs> wow. So, I, I'm thinking that that is, uh, you know, it's a statement. Uh, because he did, he did, he, you know, when you get big time power five kids, this is the time of the year they can carry you. Yeah. And, and people in football go, well, you know, there's 11 other. Ah, I'm telling you, those guys are a little different. I mean, you know, if you're a freak, you're a freak. And, and, uh, you know, it just showed this week. Yeah. And then you get, you know, Shiloh goes down to Pine Bluff, gets behind, comes back, really ran the football well against those guys. I mean, hey, that guy, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, and I'm a big Mizzou fan, but that's, that might be the next Cody. I mean, the, the Bo Williams kid, it can play. I mean, he, the guy carried it 42 times against Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff helped, you know, shot themselves in the foot. Bless their hearts. They turned it over five times, but Shallow took advantage of every one of them. And that little guy can play. I mean, somebody's getting a steal on that guy. No doubt. Then 
Then you got Bo, Bo down at, at Warren taking care of Ozark. And Bo just being Bo. Bo's being Bo. Semifinals, what was it? Semifinals last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bo's just, you know, he's, he's built for this game. Uh, you know, a community like that, too. Uh, once again, I, I think if I was a college coach, I would just go, hey, has Warren got any wide receivers this week? Because that's where I would go. I'd just go pluck them. I, th this guy doesn't even play. He's a he's a seventh grader, but he's a wide receiver at Warren. I mean, it's just uh, – and they're starting to play defense, uh, which is pretty scary, too. It's a good time of year to start doing a little bit of that. And the freshman quarterback's growing up. Uh, I think he's figured out he's got a lot of grown men to throw it to. Uh, but, man, they're, they're, they're on a road, too. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and get in our picks. Let's start. Let's start in three A. Uh, your boys, number five, Preston Curley was. Curley was baby. Heads over to Mansfield. Mansfield big win over Salem last week. Let's check out this stat for you about my Prescott Curley was. Ten wins in the last ten years. Oh yeah, so ten a year. Those dudes are a hundred. <laughs> I mean, they're a hundred wins. The last 10 years, they do nothing but win down there. Oh, me. Well, Grandma Nas going to take Prescott. The mouth is going to take Mansfield. Coach Williams is going to take Prescott. Break it down. You know, Mansfield, um, the quarterback last week, uh, uh, the Strozer kid, he rushed for two TDs. He threw for one. You know, they like to run it. You know, they went to Salem and knocked off our Salem. Oh, no. Yeah, Salem went down. Uh, they had two running backs. Uh, Tyler Turnipseed is over 905 yards, 11 TDs. Uh, the Burton kids over 1,300 yards, 18 TDs for Mansfield. So they like to run the football. All right. Prescott can kind of do both of them. A big weight room guy. Mansfield, just a couple years ago, uh, their coach was talking about only having like two kids that, you know, were in the thousand pound club and he's up to six or eight. So they've, They've gotten in the weight room a little bit here. That's why, if you watched last week, it was just ground and pound both sides into submission, and Mansfield held on for the win. Uh, Prescott's doing it several different ways. Uh, they had Genoa Harris rush for 194 yards last week in a touchdown. Uh, the, uh, Pierre Yates is their quarterback. He went 12 of 19 for 219 yards and three TDs. He threw the three touchdowns to three different people. So they're doing it both ways. I think what sets Prescott apart, though, here. All right. You know, Mansfield got off to a great start and then got humbled there by Charleston. And then since then, they, you know, started rolling them off again. Uh, Prescott's Talon Smith is their linebacker. He has 117 tackles. And they have Jamarian Burton, who's a defensive end, who has 13 sacks on the year. Uh, they had a big, huge uh, interception pick last week. The Prater kid picked off two, returned one of them 55 yards for a pick six. So, they are rolling. Prescott is rolling. It's playoff time. I'm going to take Prescott in this one. I got you. So you're taking Prescott. Okay. Let's go over here to Western Arkansas. You got Glenn Rose who just dominated Junction City. Keener's got them rolling. I may have put it on. And then you got Boonville. At Boonville and Boonville, hey, they're Boonville. State championships, and that's what they do. Boonville uh, just does what Boonville does. They do yes. what they do. Not a lot of flash. We're just going to go down here and ram it down your throat. That's what we do. And then we're going to play defense. And so the mouth's going to take Boonville. I'm taking Boonville. Grandma Nas taking Boonville. You know, Boonville's kind of old school because I think Boonville's defense is, is phenomenal. Their offense don't turn the ball over. Uh, they sustain drives for long periods of time. Here's the other thing about Boonville. 
I don't know who their punter is, but I'm sure he's a weapon because I think Boonville's built on, hey, look, man, we're going to have a great punter. We're going to get good field position. We're going to pin you back there, and then we're going to pound you until the fourth quarter arrives. Glenn Rose didn't know the story. Uh, didn't know the dad hired the son. Oh, yeah. OC kind of caught some heat over that. And, of course, this son has proven them right. Uh, because Glenn Rose on defense has given up 11.4 points a game. They've won 11 straight games. Got off to a rough start. Of course, they played Malvern. Yeah. I don't know why we had Malvern on schedule. Big there, right? Yeah, <laughs> Coach Plumley come over and took the rivalry the wrong way because they put a pounding on us. But they won 11 straight wins there. They have two playoff wins. The first two playoff wins, they won 88-0. to They beat Junction last week 50-12. to So, in the playoffs, they are outscoring people 138-12. to All right? And you remember what we like. like a defense. We like a defense over there. I'm going to stick. I'm, I'm a big Boonville fan, too. So, this has been a tough one on me all day long. So, I'm going to go with the Glen Rose. Oh, this on. Go with the Glen Rose wins this one. Well, I, well I, you talk about physical. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God. Hey, they, you know, they had two running backs last week. Listen to this. The balance kid had 24 carries for 169 yards, and the Franks kid had 21 carries for 144 yards. That's 45 run plays. <laughs> 45 run plays they did. Yeah, 45 runs that Glenn Rose threw out there. So they're, they're, But this game is going to be like a 28-21 slobber knocker. Oh, it is. Is gonna be. You, better, you better take two mouthpieces. Oh, man, yes. Yes. A couple blood jerseys. You know, you got to carry the blood jersey. Exactly. Well, let's go over to God's country. Mm -hmm. We got Uncle Bo, Norn Lumberjacks, who took care of Coach Burns and Ozark Hillbillies pretty good last week, and headed over to Rivercrest. These guys matched up a couple years ago. Uncle Bo got out there with a win. Uh, Rivercrest was rolling, went to Arkadelphia and just said, hey, Five decades, man. Five decades. Yeah, past the coats, man. The coach took one cheerleading bus, little one, and they had two big buses right oh, behind yeah. going that way. That that's that's the way to travel on the old interstate. Well, the question is, did they have a trailer with the colt in the back? You know, I think they actually had a box truck that was coming yeah, back there behind there. Was. You know, we do things big at Rivercrest, but that's where he was. I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, uh, the mouse going to take Warren. Grandma Nas taking River Crest. Coach Williams is going to take Warren just on the fact he's been there. Uncle Bo knows how to get to get to the rock, but River yeah. Crest, this yeah. ought to be a heck of a ball game. Yes, I think so. I think both of these guys want to play each other. I think it's one of those that they hey you, to beat the man you must you know to be the man you must beat the man thing. Eleventh semifinal for our, our guy Bo. Uh, Jackson Denton's our quarterback freshman. He was nine of his first nine last week for 238 and four touchdowns. He was on fire. And so then Bo let him throw it two more times. He, he ended up going 11 of 13 for 250 and four touchdowns. Traylon Jackson ran the ball for him last week, 14 carries for 95 yards. And then Antonio Jordan, their wide receiver, had six catches for 123 yards and two touchdowns. You know, they had one, Ozark had one big drive there, a big 10 play drive that you thought would get them some momentum. And then Warren just comes back and answers again. Rivercrest, uh, running back Kobe Turner had 32 carries for 170 yards and three TDs. He was the cult of the game. I wonder if they have that. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Coach Fleming, uh, he said he was really impressed with his defense. He thought his defense last week played lights out. All right. So I think the Colts, you know, they might have a little plan here. 
uh, for Bo. You know, like Bo hadn't seen the plan before. <laughs> you know, there might be too many guys for the plan, though, Rivercrest uh, has this. Rivercrest gets them at home, too. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, Warren's got to do a little travel. Yeah. See how they travel, Warren does. I bet you they travel nice. I ain't going to lie to you. I bet you Bo's got some plan. Got a couple charters lined up. He's getting out of Pine Bluff on this one, maybe. But I think that, like you said, I think they're going to travel over to Rivercrest. I think it's going to be a great, great game. Uh, of course, most of our playoff games are. But I think Warren's kids being there, uh, Bo being in the big setting here, I'm going to take Warren in a close one. Close. I mean, this is this is going to be a close one. It would surprise me. I think Rivercrest can can run the football enough to keep them off the field uh, and maybe play in the short field too. The big turnovers here. It's playoff football too. You got to watch the big turnovers too. And big turnovers. And special teams, buddy. And special teams. That cost somebody we know last week. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm taking the Warren Lumberjacks in this one. Warren Lumberjacks. All right. And I love Rivercrest. I love those oh, guys. They like to actually I mean, shoot out for us. They kind of like us. Football tradition and everything. Then this could go either way. All right. I think this might be the game of the night. We've been kind of waiting on this. Man. Harding this, Academy. Man, this is, boys, this is crazy. Watson over at, at, at Elkins. Wow. Academy just dominated all the way through all year long. So has Zach and, the, and, the, and Elkins have just dominated. And now they've got to meet together. You, you hate that, you know, but it's it's time. We got to play here. And yeah, yeah, Harding had yeah. been on the road. Uh, and everything. The mouth's going to take Harding Academy. Grandma Knott is going to take Elkins. I'm going to take Elkins. I don't. Yeah, we'll take Elkins. Does Harding go to Elkins? Yes, they do, buddy. Ooh, I get this. That's nice. Hey, it's kind of cold up here too, buddy. It's getting cold up there, and the chairs guy, Deshaun Chairs, is not scared of the cold is what I'm hearing. No, heard. <laughs> the Elks are saying, the Elk kickers. Last week, the Elkins beat CAC 53-15. to 15. They might still be beating them. It was a bad one. Uh, Elkins, uh, the 10th game, they scored 50 or more points. You just get that? They're over five, almost 600, 600 points uh, scored this year. All right, Deshaun Chairs has 20 touchdowns in his last four games. All right, he has rushed it 129 times for, I mean, he's rushed uh, uh, 129 for 1348 and 36 touchdowns. Jeez, oh Good God almighty. Now, our guy Slade Dizzy Dean has thrown 150, for two, uh, 150 out of 234 for 2,332 touchdowns. He's thrown it. Yeah. The Elkins scoring offense is 55 points a game. They're giving up eight. All right. So they're playing defense too. They got Landon Neal over there with nine sacks. James Townsend has seven interceptions. Elijah Majad has five interceptions. That's 12 on the back end of this thing. And Horn Academy, hey, you know what we do. I mean, we got 17 th people we throw it to over there. Owen Miller's on, I mean, he's something else. Uh, it's hard to get to him. His offensive line is really, really good. They know how to win. Uh, Owen's thrown for 36 touchdowns this year, over almost 3,000 yards passing uh, on the year. I think this one is tough. This one is like a – I mean, this – I mean, you want to talk about all the time uh, people talking about looking at brackets and going, hey, yeah, you got to beat them all, though. You got to beat somebody. Beat I mean, they don't just give you the trophy over there. But I think this one – I think there's just too much momentum, and I think Elkins has got something to prove. 
And I think they're the new kid on the block. Oh. I think they're the new kid on the block. Uh-huh. They'll be talking about Elkins a little while until somebody steals Zach, which could possibly happen. That's what happens in the playoffs, too. You know, sometimes your coach wins too much and you lose them. <laughs> they come and steal them. They come steal them from you, you know. That's what happens here. So I'm going to take Elkins at home over Harden Academy, and you want to talk about a fireworks show. Oh. This one could be like, and last time we said that, remember what happened? You know, Southside, we thought, hey, yeah, it's oh, going to be yeah. a 70, yeah. 70 yeah. whatever game, you know? But I think Elkins is too much. I think they've got a great plan. Uh, they got all kinds of weapons, too. Um, I would hate to be a defensive coordinator for either team. <laughs> those, those I've, I would just, hey, if this doesn't work out, I might just find something else to do. Yeah, one. this guy's going to be miserable. I mean, this guy's going to be miserable. So we're taking Elkins in that one. Elkins, oh, man, I thought I'd stump you with that a little bit. All right, <laughs> let's get into our state championship games. Let's start. We got uh, our two-way game. Our boys that get down and dirty down in Bigelow took care of Mark Tree, man. They man. are rolling. I started reading up on these guys. It's they've got this class, and you know they were over ten, and they they've won everything. They've won everything. They've won everything. I mean, that's it's crazy. I mean, they and they're going to get down and dirty in, in War Memorial Stadium too. They're going to bring it with. Them. Oh yeah, it's coming. It travels. They, they were over ten. I know this guy, Coach Starts, Luke Starts took over. They were over ten. Yeah, and the guy survived. You know why? Because it must not have been very good before the over ten. <laughs> So, I mean, he had he didn't have to worry about momentum there. But this guy has flipped this thing around. They are 45-4 and four and have won the last four conference championships at Bigelow. Yeah. And you want me to tell you something else, too? If I was Luke, I, I would get in there and I would light a candle in that locker room. And I'd go, hey, look here. We won last week. We beat the tree. And we didn't have one article in the paper about us. I know. Nobody knows about our stats. Nobody knows about our quarterback. Nobody knows about anything about Bigelow. So I will blow the candle out and go, hey, boys, it's about time we go tell them about Bigelow. <laughs> They'll leave that dark locker room. It just gave myself chills, for God's sake, somebody. <laughs> I'm ready to go for Bigelow right there. I didn't even want to pick them. They're 13-0, and 0, too, by the way. No. And nobody really wants to talk no, about I these. Got to, I got to read up on it. In, in, <sighs> That's a crazy story. On a mission. Now no. – Playing EPC, EPC's on a mission. I mean, I talked to Man. the EPC people this weekend. They're they're fired up. They didn't they're, care if the Dallas Cowboys were going to be there. They're ready to go. You're right on that one too. I mean, EPC is right in the mix of it. Beat Carlisle last week, twenty six to twenty one. Um, they got a great corner, Omar McCaston, who has six interceptions in the Gaines boy. Uh, let me just tell you what the Gaines guy did last week. I love week. this guy. You love this guy, right? He had 36 carries, 193 yards, and four touchdowns. He has 223 carries for 1,679 yards and 27 touchdowns. That's that's That guy is, I mean, that's like somebody's career. <laughs> it would be like a pretty good career. Uh, that guy's got him at 12-1. and one. Uh, They're playing really good on defense, too. This is a tough one. Well, I'm going to tell you what we got going here. We got the mouth going to take EPC. Grandma Nas taking EB, EPC. Coach Williams is going to get down and dirty with the voice of Bigelow. I think they're bringing, they're packing something, baby. They're coming. Yeah, yeah they've got a plan. They're finding ways to win. Oh. Bigelow is finding ways to win. But like I said, 
you got to compare scores, you know, in Mark Tree, oh. and that's kind of where I'm going with this. There you go. I see where you went with that one. You went numbers on me. The guy went analytical. My guy went analytical. How about it? I think I'm just going with the chip on my shoulder. I mean, I just got a big, gigantic chip on my shoulder if I'm Bigelow. I mean, somebody asked me today, where is Bigelow? Really? We're 13 and 0, for God's sakes. Can somebody write an article on us? I mean, we're ready to go here. I'm going Bigelow in this. Bigelow. Because of man. They're going to get down. Come on. They're going, I mean, they're going to be bringing in crowd. Oh, man, they better get prepared. I mean, oh, yeah. Going everywhere. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Great. All right, let's head to the, the uh, 5A state championship. We've got Parkview, who's actually kind of playing home game there in Warren Stadium. Yeah. Uh, Shiloh, rematch from last year, close game last year. Parkview actually won Shiloh. has gone on the road. Been to Valley View, took care of business, went to Pine Bluff. A lot of people questioned they could do that. Took but, care of business. I did. And Parkview's pretty much just done what they did. The Fighting Vaughns gave gave good good effort. Last hey, year. they did. Can't hey, they did. Even the, even the uh, the Bolden boys said, you know, hey, they 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 had a good script there for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. much improved Camden team. Much improved. Bond guys done playing at the right time too. He did, and he did a great job. Shallow Christian's playing really well. Everybody over here, the mouth, Grandma and I, Coach Williams, we're going to stay with Parkview Patriots. We're just <laughs> you think, we're you dead. think. Well, let's talk about Shallow here. Shallow's twelve and one. They went to Farmington, got beat somewhere in there. Uh, you know, I wonder how they got opposite, but you know that's a I think they that's another bracket. another story on the bracket there. I'm not seeing anything. I mean, golly, they're the Saints. All right, they beat Pine Bluff 49-41. This is their fifth straight title game. Wow, get you some of that. All right, they have a uh, running back named Bo Williams uh, who had 42 carries for 274 yards last week. You thought I was going to say it on the season. This guy had 40 carries last week for 247 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he is uh, he's 269 carries, 1,880 yards rushing, and 37 touchdowns. And you know, they're big. They're, the two tackles they got from Shiloh were gigantic. Oh. I mean, I'm sure Coach uh, uh, break, break that down for us a little bit more. I'm sure they're getting away with some holdings, too, but who knows? They're scoring 47 points a night, Shallow Christian is. All right, so they're used to putting up some points. Parkview also used to putting up some points. All right, but I think Parkview's defense is way better, too. And i tell you why. i tell you why. I don't know how this happens. But I think Bobby, you know, goes over to Brad and goes, hey, I need uh, – I need Robinson to play corner for a little while. And this is how it works, I think. I think he just comes over and goes, hey, I need uh, I need Settles over here a little bit to play in secondary. And it, it's worked. They have given up 115 points on the year. 9.6 points a game Parkview has. Scoring 46 a clip. Uh, you know, last week they went over the top. They ran it. Several different uh, guys scored. Uh, the McGee guy hit uh, Jermaine Perry for a 50-yard pass to kind of break that game open. Uh, but man, they got so many weapons, and then defensively, you know, you overlook all the all the things they do up front. Man, they bring pressure from all over the place and fit run gaps, and they're really sound on 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 the Parkview defensive side. And of course, their running backs really good. Like I said, uh, they're fantastic. That's why you know Brad should get a medal 
for being the running back coach. I mean, next year, I guess if he gets a really good quarterback, he just goes, hey, I'm the quarterback coach now. Uh, so I guess that's how it works. So I, this is going to be a good one, too. But I think Parkview is on a mission to prove that they're the best team in the state of Arkansas. I think they're really good up front, too. I don't see shallow bullying them uh, as much as they they got away with Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff turned it over five times, uh, which that you know that kills momentum the whole time. And like I said, shallow stuck with their game plan. So I'm going to take Parkview in this. Well, and I tell you what about Parkview too. They've stayed focused all year long. I mean, I mean, hardest thing in the world to do. It is being that good and knowing you know a couple of these games you're going into. You know, like I always tell people, you can't lie to kids. Kids, you know, some kids see the internet now and they know who's good and who's not good, and you know all that good stuff. They get information like that, so you know it's it's amazing job of coaching. And people don't understand it's really hard to coach good players. Yeah, because good players you got to challenge them every day. Because if they don't get challenged, then you know, hey, I just sit around here and fiddle my thumbs. Yeah. But um, you know, the, you, you got to be able to challenge them, good players, and they've done a really good job of this. They, year. they really have, and Shiloh has done done half uh, phenomenal. Yeah, heck yeah. All right, let's head to six A, which I think is one of the uh, the toughest. Hey, Jay, wait, wait, check this out. You want to get up the ratings right here? Look who just walked in this place. Knowing about the playoffs. Sit him down. Yeah, about the playoffs. Last two picks. Yeah. We're going to check your work too, buddy. Sit down there. <laughs> Look, I want his picks too, man. Oh, you got to <laughs> pick, you gotta pick we'll the center. Yeah. 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 We just broke the internet. Look at that. You can barely fit his head in here with me. All right. Here we go. Going 6 8. Before we do this, let's go ahead and bring on Greenwood head coach, Coach Chris Young. Coach, first of all, congratulations. I mean, you've been unscathed all the way through, getting to the state finals. What is this, three or four years in a row for you? This is four-fourths. Four, yeah, four, four years in a row for you. Just an amazing job. Your, your kids have played well. Your staff has done a great job. You've, you've overcame injuries all year long, up and down. You've had to play different styles. Where I remember sitting over there and I texted everybody at one of your games and said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Greenwood has brought in two extra tackles or actually two tight ends. Everybody make sure I took a picture of it. I've saved it to my phone. And so I kept it there. So you've, you've had to be able to run the ball and throw it with, with some injuries this year. And congratulations uh, getting to the state finals. Well, let's get into, it. you know, this team. I mean, you, 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 this will be the second go around. You had them at home. Uh, early, I mean, late in the year, week nine or ten, uh, this past year, this 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 past uh, regular season. Talk to us about your mindset. You know them so well. We got to tweak a little bit of this, or we we're staying the same. We believe in what we're doing. Obviously, talk to us where Christian is, where you saw him the last time you saw him, and where they're at now. What do you see? Yeah, just a really solid football team. You know, it, it very very well coached. Uh, they got athletes everywhere, but it really starts with their quarterback. I mean, he's as good as I've seen in a long, long time uh, with his arm, with his legs. I mean, if their guys are open, he's putting the ball exactly where it needs to be, and he's really, really consistent. I think that's the biggest difference that I've seen in him over the last two years. Uh, he's really become a lot more accurate. He's gotten a lot better touch on his throws, and uh, he's playing at an unreal level right now. 
No, he is, and he was, you know, just dropping them in there left and right this past Friday night against Benton, and he's a big kid and can run. Let's go to your team. I mean, you guys have just, I mean, just been a machine, and, you know, the Archer boys, one on defense, one on offense, have been outstanding. Your receivers have been unbelievable. Your offensive line's played well, and probably the unsung hero defensively, y'all have got a really solid defense. Where are y'all at health-wise this, this time time of year and uh you know what are the key matchups that we're looking for into this ball game yeah we're as healthy as we've been in a long time and, and we feel like we've got everybody available uh, and it's a good thing because we're going to need them all uh you talk about matchups i think uh our secondary is better than it's been yeah. uh in the past more athletic you know if they throw it up we'll go get it and that's a little bit different than we've been in the past i think a big matchup is their receivers who are very very talented against our secondary and uh, like you said, you know, if you're not right on them, he's going to make the throw and put it where it needs to be. So it's a little bit different. Normally in high school football, you know, you have an opportunity to break on a ball and, you know, the ball's lobbed in the air a little bit. This guy's throwing rockets. And so if they're open at all, he's going to complete passes and their receivers run great routes. They catch the ball really well. So I think the biggest part of this game is going to be our defensive backs matching up with their their wide receivers. Well, let's get into this. We just had your former boss on here, Rick Jones, and, and brought him on talking about, you know, the the difficulties, you know, playing Saturday at noon and getting that extra day and the things you're going to have to deal with, which you've dealt with the last four years, you know, all the T-shirts and everybody wants a parade and we want to feed them and all, you know, those things and how, how you, you deal with that. You kind of got the luck of the draw because you're Friday at 6.30, so really as far as prep time and you're, you're not having to change it all up. What's your schedule looking like on, on a Friday? You're just going to treat it treat it normal, but you got those pictures and all that kind of stuff ahead of time. Yeah, you know we are. We, uh, we're we going to kick off at 640. I just worked on our schedule a little bit ago, and, and it's very, very similar to what we do. You know, they've taken out some stuff at the state finals they used to do. They don't do the team pictures anymore. Oh. I fired oh. up about that. So we, we get to keep a regular schedule. And uh, so it's going to be like any Friday night for us. We're going to bump everything up about 20 minutes. Uh, we'll leave out of here about noon, stop in Conway and, and eat and, uh, you know, load up and, and make the drive to War Memorial and get ready just like any Friday night. So no team pictures. I used to no love team it. pictures. I oh, saw a smile you, on your face. You just oh, man, they like finally got that right, baby. And, and so me and Rick were talking about the most important thing is the team picture, you know, not the game, <laughs> you know, and then that part of it. Well, Coach, I'll get you off here. Man, hey, congratulations on, on getting to the state finals. Your, your team's been perfect all all year long, and I know you expect them to be perfect this Friday night, and it should be an outstanding ball game. Well, we're excited. We appreciate you having us on here. Appreciate what you're doing for high school football. Well, we were having a lot of fun with it. Enjoy get get to work there. Get a, get, get, get a good plan going. All right, Coach. Bye-bye. See you, buddy. All right, Chris Young feels really good about this. Feels like he's got a good plan. I tell you what, I watched Christian last week, and and I've watched them play earlier this year. And it's, it's about a three-minute span that happened, you know, right before the half. and right, hey, after. right before the half, though, this is what happens when you play at home at Greenwood. You ready for this? There was seven seconds left. They threw it out of the bounce, and there was one second left. So they were, I mean, master clock keeper at home is what I'm talking they about. They got coached over there. Yeah, yeah there. next play, touchdown. Chris, Chris Young's AD, too. So, I mean, he's he's coaching but, the, the world. There you go. I mean, there you go. They, they, they base with those guys. <laughs> they are going with uh, uh, 
Christian looked awful good last week, and so and Greenwood's kind of like Bobby and them. They've just stayed focused. They've had, I mean, uh, just like Coach Young talked about, had overcome a lot of injuries this year and just stayed focused. This one here will go down to the wire. Mark it down. It will. Oh go, yeah. It will go down the wire. I'm going to take Greenwood. The mouth is taking Greenwood. Grandma and I was going to go with Christians over there at Little Rock Christian. She was really clear there where they looked last week against Benton. They beat Benton, Little Rock Christian, 42 to 35 last week. They they played so well. <laughs> they played so well they got some kind of magical number. Now they're gonna be a seven day football team next week. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how that works. Hey, but the magic yeah. So, yeah, magical formula. Not only you got a chance to win state. Hey, by the way, we're gonna move you up. <laughs> so that they got that going for them. Uh like I said, they've averaged 49 points on the year. This is their first time in 6A state title games. <laughs> first time. It looks like it's going to be their last because they're going to be bumped up 7A. The Walker kid's phenomenal. Uh, last week he was 21 of 34 for 319 yards, three touchdowns through the air. He had 16 carries for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and he's going to go play for Hugh Freeze. Really? Okay, well. He went 176 to 307 on the year, over 3,000 yards, 35 touchdowns. He is the show over there. But here's the thing about Christian, too, is I think Christian uh, defensively is a lot better than they were in the Greenwood game. I think they kind of got, got shell-shocked a little bit, uh, and it kind of hurt them in that game. Well, you know what? I heard a stat. I don't know how true it is. I didn't research it, but they played with the same 11 guys on defense all year long. I don't know if that's true. Coach told me that. Said they yeah, had injury on there, and they've just continued to get better. Yeah, yeah, that that can that can happen. Uh, but how much better? <laughs> we'll see pretty soon. Greenwood's averaging fifty-two points a game. Kane Archer show last week nineteen of twenty-three for two hundred five, five four touchdowns, six carries for thirty-seven, two touchdowns. They had two wide receivers catch one arm touchdowns. They just one arm grab, <laughs> like me and Johnny used to do all the time. Uh, the Carnes kid's phenomenal. Braden Davis is a running back. He's over 1,300 yards. Here's the difference, though, on their defense. Now, the Skaggs kid. The Skaggs kid picked off. He's got seven interceptions, picked a six last week. On defense this year, Greenwood has scored pick sixes six times. They've got six six pickoffs that, that have led to a touchdown, directly to a touchdown, pick sixes. Uh, they had six sacks last week and two interceptions against PA, which likes to throw the ball. Uh, cash Money Archer, Cash Man, he's a, he had three sacks last week, 18 sacks on the year. He is the human eraser. Uh, he is the eraser. Uh, we got to get this guy out. He's an eraser, buddy, uh, the Archer Man. So I'm telling to stick with Greenwood uh, winning this one. It's going to be a heck of a show, uh, and it's going to be probably, I think, Probably a packed house, if I'm guessing, because the whole town of Greenwood's coming, and Little Rock is about the only one left besides Parkview here, uh, and I know that they're going to come out in droves too. All right, Coach Rice, who you got in this one, buddy? Well, you know, I've, I've been blessed. I've uh, won a few championships, hey, you, you had some success, and had some success in the state oh, yeah, tournament. Hey. I've been there a few times between there and Oakland. You were, you did show up at the game. I'll, I'll give you credit for that. But, uh, you know, when big games, your best players usually show up yeah. and make the, and, and make the difference. And uh, saying that, 
I'm gonna go with Little Rock Christian with uh, oh, Walker Little White. Christian right there. I don't think that's a bad pick. I, I think it's, it's back and forth. Johnny goes to church for some of them guys. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. I say, you know, hey, I, he's going. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he's going his heart. We'll, we'll have him back on next week checking his because <laughs> he's retired. We're still checking your people's work. It don't matter if you're retired or not. We check grandma's <laughs> work every week. Everybody gets a work check. Right there you go. All right, let's go on seven A. Got the uh, I believe that's the noon game on Saturday. We got. If anybody said this at the beginning of the year, I'd, I could see them maybe putting one in there. But if you would have yeah. said Bentonville and Fayetteville, uh, we've been talking Bryant Conway all the way through. Bentonville Fayetteville. Let me give you. I know a little something about these two guys. I got to see Fayetteville play live last week, and let me, let me give you a little history here who's usually won the regular season game, has lost in the finals. Mm. And vice versa with Bentonville, always kind of went in the regular season. And, of course, they won a lot of state championships too. But with yeah. Bentonville, it's kind of been that kind of funny deal. Big role reversal here. Uh, you know, Bentonville goes to Bryant, dominates. What a great game. Fayetteville squeaks out against Conway. Got to watch them live. Got great team speed over there with Fayetteville. They got they can run. Yeah. And the quarterback he can sling it, which everybody knows. I'm going with the purple dogs. Grandma Nas going with the purple dogs. And the mouse gonna go with Bentonville. Me. So we got what we get? Three purple dogs and one one tiger. One tiger. Huh. I talked to guys real close to you, by the way, on the way over here. You know Bentonville beat Bryant, right? Yeah. <laughs> At Bryant. Okay, I just want to make sure. That, that's all the mouth needed to hear. When he, we 50, it was 52 to 35. It was a first loss for Bryant. <laughs> Check this out. This is amazing. Since 2018 when North Little Rock beat them in the finals. It's been a while. That's been a while. Been a while since they've actually gotten beat by uh, the, that actually happening. Uh, Fayetteville won 24 to 21 over Conway. Uh, they're averaging 47 points a night. The, the, the game against Conway was, uh, I don't know if I was more puzzled on some of it or just, um, I, I just couldn't figure out. I thought Fayetteville had a great plan defensively. Um, and then I don't think that Conway just, uh, I don't know, uh, they, they played sloppy going into it. And I think Fayetteville kind of took advantage of it, started running the football a little bit there, uh, had all that good stuff. Lindsey, you know, that, that was the thing. He, he was 20 of 29 for 175 yards and two touchdowns, which is a good game for most people, but not 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 what he's been doing. Setzer had, was the one that I thought made the difference. He had 21 carries for 123 yards. Uh, you know, he got to the secondary a couple times and, and made their drives longer, too. Uh, he had one TD. Uh, we, of course, Lindsey threw a touchdown to the Delman kid, caught six passes for 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, he's their big outside weapon there. He's got 79 catches on the year for 1,302 yards, 17 touchdowns. Lindsey's numbers, wow. On the season, he's thrown for over 3,569 yards and 51 touchdowns. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm t I was on the field, and that guy can uh, – Conway's quarterback's outstanding. But the, the, yeah. this guy can – it just – it's out. It's out quick, and he, he's got a big arm. He sees things. I mean – Oh, yeah. He don't he don't get uh, he don't get rattled very much. I tell you what was funny. You know, P.J. Fleck, when they played here, Coach Fleck came to watch him play, and he was in the end zone. 
And I remember kind of walking over there by him, and they go, hey, who are you watching? And I was like going, uh, six? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why you're asking, because he's not hard to find. He's he's a heck of a he's a heck of a quarterback. I think he's going to have a heck of a career just because of his body build. He's a big dude. I mean, he's a big guy. He can spin it. But I'll tell you what, Bentonville, uh, you know, there are a lot of light. Carter and I has come back. He's been on a tear. He doesn't turn the ball over. On him. He, he looked phenomenal Friday night. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, you want to talk about, like, doing a game plan. I mean, I'm, I mean, that guy has come back on a tear. Uh, but he went 15 to 27 for 238, four touchdowns. Um, you know, he hit CJ, uh, uh CJ with a 49 yard catch. Uh, the Brown kid, he hit the Coon kid for a 36 yard touchdown. Um, Brown on the year is over 55 catches and over 1,200 yards. Got 17 touchdowns. Uh, you know, and of course, what do we always say? Don't kick it to him because he's going to take it. The- yes. And Brian did all kinds. Of- yeah, that, that special teams there got it cost them a little bit too. Uh, but man, this is going to be a heck of a game. Um, man, I just think the way that Bentonville finished the game, I think made a statement to me. I don't know if it made it to anybody else, but I think Jody's got those guys ready to go, and I think that they're going to win a state championship this year. I'm going to take Bentonville over Fayetteville. I think it go either way, and, and Bentonville's playing a big chip on his shoulder. All right, Coach Rice, here we go. We're putting you in the book here, buddy. Well, you know, basketball-wise, they always keep, they say all the time that it's hard to beat somebody three times. I would hear that all the time. If we played somebody in the state finals that we'd already beat twice, you'd hear that all the time. So you're thinking football, it might be hard to beat somebody uh, twice you know, since you don't play everybody like you do in basketball. You don't play as many times. But, uh, you know, I remember back in the times that Patton was at Fayetteville, he won four state championships. Was was he, was he ever the number one seed? Never. I was really you know? And so I think he won all four as not being the, the number one seed. Things do sometimes. Yeah, he went through us a few times to get to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's eating. They're on them. This is the first time Fayetteville's been their conference champs undefeated in forever. They're always a lower seed, and it's kind of been vice versa. But go ahead. Sorry, interrupt. So I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go go right there and think that Bentonville, the statement they did, and and coming out of there is not the number one seed. They're gonna they're gonna I, I, I say they're gonna win it. All right, Coach Rice going to Bentonville right there. This will be an interesting matchup because I think Jody's got them playing really well. Oh, yeah. I think Fayetteville's playing well also. They played, you, you know, they come out like rabbits out of a hole the other night. They were excited. Well, I mean, they held Conway to 21 points. Yeah. Lord. That, that was a big thing right there. I mean, they held them to 21 points. I just think how Bentonville finished the game. I just like coaches that fist bump, man. I like this bumper. Oh, my God, just come out of their fist pumping, man. That's what I like. Big offensive line, just slobber knocker. We're coming off the ball. That's what I want to see, for God's sakes. That's what I've seen Friday night. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you got a game, got a game Thursday, don't you? Uh, yeah. I go play in Rogers uh, against That's Rogers awesome. Thursday. Had, had good Thanksgiving weekend. Johnny, what have you been doing here lately, buddy? Hey, if anybody's got any re- retirement investment <laughs> questions, just give me a call. Yeah. 501-690-4097. I'm your guy. You got all that guy. Number, folks, right I mean, championship financials. It's <laughs> not really. I just made that up. Championship, championship coaches financials. I don't know. I just... 
I didn't see you about this. So I wanted to make my phone call. Completely up to that. Exactly. Well, you guys have a great time. We'll see you next week. Got one more week, Daryl. Got uh, another state championship run. It's going to be in oh, yeah. great ball games. Headed All in right. Friday. Are you are you guys working or what we're doing here? No, I'll, I'll, I'll still be playing. But I'll be cheering for Bigelow, buddy. Burn oh, the candle. Burn the candle. You always have a good one. I will see, see you, buddy. You sleep, man. Bye. Man, what a great show, man. What yep. what the, the information we just got is unbelievable. And, and uh, I tell you what, what a phenomenal show. Great job by Bobby and, and Coach Jones. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, Mr. Triple Grand got some picks there. Well, Bray, uh, man's I guess we're getting almost Christmas time here. Now we're moving on into we are. to December. Uh, tell everybody our had a great episode for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. A lot yes. of views. Yeah, we did. Subscribers are jumping. Talk to everybody where where they can find us and and help us out. Uh, yeah, we're going to be on YouTube. Um, Coaches in the Mouth Pod. That's going to be our handle, and you can search us, find us, like, subscribe. Every subscription helps us continue uh, to produce this show. Um, so that's a big deal. We're almost over that one thousand follower hump. Uh, which will be a big mark uh, for the podcast. Uh, now on X and Twitter, um, Coach's Pod is our handle, which our shows will be um, broadcast there live as well. Um, and then, of course, we're on TikTok, Instagram, all the goods. Um, got the reels. Got we're gonna have Fimp on the reels. Oh, that's uh, so doing. many highlights. So. Oh my god! So he's gonna he, he's gonna go viral, I believe. It. Oh man, Fimp in the reels, man. Guys, oh, yes. guys out of control, man. He's out of control. He's a wild card. He is. Well, for Coach Jeff Williams, Coach Bray Cook. We'll see you next time on the Coaches in the Mouth.